Hello, listeners. You are about to listen to the Two Tools Baseball Podcast. This is a show for any and all baseball fans and is led by myself and my co-host, Travis. I'm what you'd call a stats nerd, and my buddy Travis was a total stud on his D3 college team. Our goal is to show you how we do the game of baseball, and maybe we'll share a few laughs along the way. So grab a drink, kick back, and join us on this wonderful ride to the 2022 MLB preseason. Enjoy. What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Two Tools Baseball Podcast, episode 54. Alex and I are coming to you. It is Alex. It is right now, almost one week away. First pitch, opening day. It's finally almost upon us. Uh, we should be saying that right now, a couple days from now, it should be opening day. But of course, a week got pushed back. We'll have to wait a week, but we get to play 162 games. Really, really exciting to see Could the be season. Happier. Uh, almost on its way. But Alex, today's episode, we'll talk about basically some kind of low under the radar moves, some extensions, some signings that have happened the last couple of days, um, some pretty big names. Uh, we'll get into the uh, the ending of basically our rankings for every position. Today, me and Alex will focus on the catchers, the starting pitchers, and the relief pitchers. So we'll touch on all three positions. And then me and him will dive in to our basically our top 25 players of the MLB right now. Uh, MLB Network's currently doing theirs. Uh, they're about, I think we're almost at like 50 right now. So we should beat them to the punch um, and get our top 25 in before them. Uh, and then, of course, briefly touch on some Angels talk, some stuff that's been going on with the camp, certain players that have made really big impacts and have been really impressive to see. So uh, kind of giving what we think and our basically our hopes of who we want to see start opening day on the roster. It's a 28-man roster to start opening day. So a little bit more players will be coming in uh, from the minor leagues possibly to uh, help out. But Alex, let's dive right in to the acquisitions of the last couple days and the last week. The big one, our Pujols making his return to St. Louis. One year, 2.5 million. He said it's his last year. Thoughts? Yeah, so... I think we both predicted, you know, during the lockout and during that whole stretch of offseason, we both thought that he'd end up somewhere. Wasn't sure where it was going to be. Uh, ends up being, of course, his former team where he no doubt will end up donating their cap in the Hall of Fame uh, in, you know, five years after he retires. I'm sure it'll be a really quick induction. Uh, I think he wanted it this way, considering he can now play his last season not only with his uh old team but with his old friend Yadier Molina uh and if both retire at the end of this season which they both have said that they would they next are you know in five years can get inducted to the hall of fame at the same time if Yadi can be a first rounder not sure what that's going to look like in 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 uh you know whatever year that's going to be but yeah I think it makes a lot of sense uh that he's sticking around I am a bit surprised that a team with world series hopes uh, is kind of down to shill out two and a half million dollars for who is someone who is going to be a bench player. Um, it seems like definitely just kind of a the price of um, the, the the nostalgia. Exactly, good way to put it. Yeah, the nostalgia. Um, I expect him to be productive uh, against lefties like he was for the Dodgers. I expect him to be unproductive defensively and on the base paths. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's very clear what he brings to the table. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, 
uh, he was going to end up on a team. I, I'm a bit surprised. Um, I, I think if I was a Cardinals fan, I'd be awesome. He's a franchise legend. But at the same time, like two and a half million, like that's if we just gave him one million, like Rick, we, yeah. we could have got another solid reliever for that extra 1.5 mil. But, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, they had the money to spend and, and uh, they're going to pay it forward to a, a franchise legend. What, what was your uh, thoughts on the fact that it was the Cardinals of all teams? Yeah, Travis? you know, I, I, I'm happy he's going home. It, it just looked right. I, I, you know, 10 years of the Angels, uh, it didn't look right, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, with the Angels uniform on. And now, of course, he'll be, uh, you know, wearing that Cardinal jersey the final season. Uh, I think, honestly, we'll still see it the final season. If he does not get to 700 home runs, Alex, it does not surprise me. He wants to come back and play again. I don't know if the Cardinals, it would just be a really weird situation if he's not going to end it with the Cardinals and he wants to get to 700. I think he just has to say to himself, this is it. If I don't finish with 700, well, then I don't finish with 700. A-Rod didn't finish with 700. He would think was four, four home runs away. So um, my take is on that is I don't know if, I mean, I think it's unlikely to hit 21 since he's not going to be a full-time player. Yeah. And with that in mind, um, if he left a few in the table, I wonder how you know greedy he is for that extra that yeah. extra couple. If he you know ends up in the in the six nineties, but uh, where do you think he? Where do you imagine he ends up, and what kind of play time do you think he actually gets? I mean, it'd have to be a team. I feel like that is not. I was I, saying for, for this coming season. Oh, oh, this yeah. coming season. Oh, you know, I really couldn't tell you. I don't know. Yeah, it, I'm I'm thinking like in terms of his play time, uh, I, I think there's a good chance he plays dh against lefty starters oh that's what you were asking yeah, yeah, oh yeah. okay okay yeah 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 dh against lefties i think is going to be uh the prime spot they're going to have him um i think he'll take a couple days from goldschmidt and if goldschmidt needs some rest goldschmidt can dh and then pools can go to first i think i mean I, i'd be surprised <laughs> honestly i'd be surprised if he plays i really do think he'll get about 20 to 25 games at first basis here really it, it, it's it, i i think it's going to be kind of a I think every fan would definitely disagree with that, but I think that they're going to give him games at first base, which especially, I mean, I mean, you know, kind knock, of a weird situation, but knock on wood for Goldschmidt's health, but like the Dodgers with Muncie last year, Muncie gets hurt yeah, or a second baseman gets hurt and they shift Muncie over or whatever it was. Pool's got lots of defensive action there yeah. just because uh, the Dodgers were struggling to get through the season without, you know, injuries, a bunch of guys on the IL. Yeah. So yeah. if the Cardinals, it really feel, feels like, first base is such a solid lock with Goldschmidt being the every single day guy but you're right like you know there's different wear and tear happens he definitely might need a couple days just to DH Goldschmidt might um for the DH role no one has really stepped into it I think that's why they went and got Albert yeah um there's been talks about like Lars Newtbar like but he he's a I think he's a lefty so yeah. that could be a platoon option him and, and Albert maybe and it's, it's um, really not a bad option to have him just DH against lefties um, I think he's still a good hitter against lefties, and I think he could still, you know, crack out, you know, 15 homers on the season or so, um, and he, even have some pinch hit opportunities later on in the game. Yes. Um, we'll really see what, how the Cardinals will utilize um, his offense. Uh, I think that's the main part they want to just squeeze out of him is the last successful kind of hitter against possibly probably left-handed pitchers. Um, we'll probably see him DH against righties as well. I think we'll kind of be shaking our head, but I feel like uh Schilt will probably use him in those situations just for I I feel like some guys just want to they focus on the respect and I, I I feel like you know what Cardinal fans want to win and I know some Cardinal fans probably think to themselves this is awesome this is great 
but we have a mission this year. Um, they, we, they, they are, we want to get the six wildcard spot. So yeah, well, they are solidly in play for the postseason. They could win the division for sure. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah, we'll see how the season shapes up. You know, trade deadline stuff. Who knows? But yeah, I think that they have a really high ceiling. The team and Albert. You know, even though I think the price is steep uh, for what he's going to provide, definitely. Uh, bring something to the team. Something, it does. If nothing else, a bench presence, a clubhouse presence for, you know. Uh, uh, hey, he's, he, hey, he's the uncle, all right? He's uncle, yeah. <laughs> he, he's no longer T.O., he's just Uncle Bert now. So, uncle hey, Bert, enjoy, like enjoy him St. Louis. And I know I know Arenado came out, I think, last year. He's a huge, huge Pujols guy, so um, I'm sure he's psyched. I'm sure a lot of players on the team are psyched to have a guy like that and, you know, on the team to actually maybe, you know, be of sort of some leadership and, and veteranship for those young guys. Cause it's honestly, it's a really young roster. So, um, cool to see that all happen. Hopefully it all works out for the Cardinals and for both Albert, but, um, moving on to a, a player that actually is now still in his prime, uh, a very good player, very good utility player. That's Cattell Marte, Alex. He is going to be staying with the Diamondbacks. Got a five-year extension, just north of 75 mil. So uh, a very team-friendly option for the Diamondbacks to have Cattell. Uh, when he's playing and he's healthy, Alex, he is a he's a top player because he can play so many different positions yes. that I think every team would kill to have a guy switch, just like this switch hitter plays you know five six positions exactly absolutely exactly so he stays with the diamondbacks interesting because i know we always say to ourselves even with the rockies you know getting some players you know what are you doing shouldn't you be trading these guys shouldn't you be getting them off your team getting younger guys getting prospects the diamondbacks still want to keep Cattell. i think just to bring in the fans i think they still want him to be a fan favorite Cattell likes the money he's going to stay with the diamondbacks and also alex i think it offers a very good trade in the next couple of years a team might say hey we can get Cattell marte for three years and you know maybe maybe 40 million left on his deal and we are going to be you know having a very almost a super utility kind of guy that can go and play almost everywhere. So uh, I can see both sides of the deal really working out for uh, the Diamondbacks, but thoughts on that as well. I mean, I, I mean, we both know Diamondbacks aren't going to be competing for a division in the West playoffs as well. They're probably going to be uh, competing for the four or five with the Rockies. So, yeah, I think in the short term, it's a good move for the fans. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be selling jerseys. I think, you know, when everyone on their team is playing at their best, he's by far their best player. Um, has some franchise player potential because of how good he was. I think it's 2019. He was like top five or six in NL MVP voting. And I thought that, you know, uh, last season, if he was healthy, he would have really been in the MVP conversation as well because he was so, so productive when he was in the field. Uh, but Travis, I think that, you know, I guess if I was a Diamondbacks fan, like I've said before, I really like committing to the idea of let's just suck, let's yeah. let's win or let's not like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he is someone who's gonna. He, I, I I don't want to win seventy five games. Right. Yeah. He he could totally bring in like several prospects, and he still could. The thing is, but it just kind of shows that um, the team is definitely highly considering having him be a part of the Diamondbacks for the next several seasons. He's actually already twenty eight, which wow. is not old, but yeah. like. If they play through this contract and he is still on the Diamondbacks, uh, you could probably assume that by the end of the contract, his prime will be past him. Yeah. And if that's the case, his next contract won't be that big. So I almost feel like this contract is, um, I mean, it's guaranteed money for him, which is good for him. But I feel like it's not like if he had a healthy 2021, I would expect this this contract should have been like uh, 
a lot a lot a lot more money i'll just say i think i'm i'm not sure to compare it to like someone like uh someone like a semian or someone like that who has multiple years of proven years but i'll just say i think that if he I don't know. I, I feel like the contract should be a bit more money. I guess I, maybe I'm just, I'm just a little too high on him. But Travis, what do you think about the fact that um, this is sort of his his peak contract? This yeah. is the money he's going to be making during the peak of his prime. Do you think it's the correct amount for him? I feel like I would have almost held out more for free no, agency for him. You know what? Trevor Story got money that I think that Cattell Marte could easily get more of, you know? Good comparison. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, you're right. I think that 150, 200 million is a really good spot for Cattell Marte to make in, you know, six, seven years. A six, seven, you know, 200 million, something around that uh, nature of a deal would be something that I would think of. But, uh, you know, Dimebag's got a deal. And, I mean, Cattell's happy. He's getting, autom- you know, getting automatic money pretty much. But, yeah, it, it, there are some deals, I would say, this offseason that are kind of just kind of head scratchers because you think that these guys, with the talent they bring, um, you really could see them making a lot more money uh, and could is one of those guys. The extension uh, was just kind of a, he, he was on the trade block. I know Yankees were always in talks of, could they bring in Cattell? He could play short. He could play second, you know, one or the other, but uh, center field. Yeah. yeah. Center field as well. Fits so like a glove, it, uh, it, it, it is kind of an interesting move. I, I definitely think Cattell could easily get more money. And, you know, I mean, like you said, he's gonna be playing until he's about 33. And, you know, that's kind of the end of your prime, you're going to start going into the middle, mid 30s, which, you know, you'd still be productive, but you're not gonna be as good as you were at 28, most likely. So uh, unless your name's uh, Barry Lamar Bonds, but, uh, you know, or Randy Johnson, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, An interesting kind of move by the Diamondbacks and for Cattell for wanting to stay must like it in Arizona must like, you know, the fan base and everything. So, you know, I guess if he's happy, good for him and all that stuff. But I I know with our jobs and what we want to talk about, we can definitely say he could easily get more money elsewhere. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I I want to echo that. And I'm really high on his skill set. He's someone who I think I've had him in fantasy the last two years. And when he's on the field, he's always very, very good. And the versatility is that much of a bonus. Um, Definitely. This year, I think he'll be a second baseman, so uh, definitely towards the top of uh, his position. Definitely. But Travis, I think one more guy we can touch on as well that we both have um, a lot of thoughts about is Max Stassi received an extension with the Angels. Beautiful. He, yeah. he already had a deal in place for, I think, $3 million this season, and then it's like a two more years on top of that. Um, I think it's how much each year? Like seven or eight? It's about... Because it combines for seventeen million, right? Yeah, I th- that three years, seventeen. So I thought it was about six, about so, maybe, maybe five, 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 or something like that. Five. I, I think 5. this year's three, so I okay. think it's maybe three seven seven. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So okay. Th- that'll do that. Make the math work at least. But uh, yeah, Travis, he is someone who we've both raved about because whenever we see another catcher in that's not him for the Angels, it's very noticeable on the defensive side of the ball. His framing is elite, truly, and it's almost a meme at this point. <laughs> yeah. I see the GIF on Twitter. You can, just, if you just search Max Stassi on Twitter GIFs, you'll see uh, this GIF pop up where it says Max Stassi is an elite framer. It's just him framing a strikeout. But um, yeah, we're both really high on him. Uh, I think he brings a ton to the team defensively and is also an above average offensive player, at least an average offensive player for a catcher, which means you're above average hitter for catcher standards. Um, we're going to be ranking catchers later this episode, Travis. So could be on uh, I assume he'll be on your list. Uh, I will spoiler. He's going to be on mine somewhere. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there, but yeah, uh, I'm stoked about the signing Travis. I think he is a key part of this angels core. They are that, yeah. uh, 
you know, there's a window, and it seems kind of it's it's kind of silly to say about the Angels because they've had you know four or five straight losing seasons, but there is a window approaching where you don't want to be competing for a championship with Rendon at like 36, yeah. right? There's yeah. like a window right now where Trout is still in his prime. Yeah. Rendon is still probably towards the end of his prime, but still could put up good numbers, could get MVP votes on a good year. Um, Shohei still is not getting paid that much yet, of course, due for an extension. Um, but we still have him, you know, playing for our team. With the Stassi uh, contract, Travis, I think every position, but, but shortstop. So literally catcher, first, second, third, and all three outfield spots. Everyone is under control. Um, for like four, four or five years, years minimum. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so that's a great for, you know, having a core that you're happy with. It just comes about, you know, getting the pitching and the shortstop going forwards. But give me your thoughts on the Stassi deal. Um, is it a good, fair, you know, deal for both sides? And what does he bring to the team? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great deal for the Angels and a great, great deal for Stassi. It it's very comparable comparable to uh david fletcher i think david fletcher last year got like six years and like 30 million it, it was a it was a really team friendly you know deal and i i think that both those guys are just you need both those guys i feel like to win a championship because they're not going to be they just kind of keep it to themselves and they just are they're, they're they just they grind and they really don't create any like outside noise i would say you know i and, and i know most baseball players really don't but i like both those guys because they are playing excellent defense they both have you know at, at times uh you know when fletcher's hitting it i mean he's one of the best contact hitters contact guys i mean literally th- swinging at baseballs above his head and he's going to get a double on that and then of course stassi coming up clutch in the eight or seven hole wherever he's hitting just a good productive hitter uh, we're not, we're not gonna have to pay this guy over a hundred million, like, like, you know, a real Muto where you need this guy to produce. And if he's not producing and he's just, you know, it's a playing hole in the contract, exactly sheet. playing meh defense, it's, 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 it's really going to be, uh, a down look, even with like James McCann, Mets gave him a lot of money. I don't think he's even anywhere near Stassi right now. Yeah. And Stassi is being, uh, just ultra productive right now. And like I always said, I really care about your defense the most. If you can be a great defender, um, you know that that's going to go a long ways and I'll, i can i can take the 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 sluggish hitting but with stassi he's always hitting really well and you know even his uh his slugging's gone up in the last couple of seasons so yep we'll see what happens in the next couple of seasons i think that stassi's deal is uh really important because as you've seen our pitchers get better um our defense is better with stassi i think our team just definitely elevates to a new level um a little bit different from our other catcher we have. Um, yes. And I know you want to recap from last week. Uh, we, we gave a certain guy an extension, a one-year deal. Gave him a lot of money, actually, for the extension. But uh, kind of talk about the other catcher for the Angels. Yeah, Travis, uh, obviously the elephant in the room. We last year were bagging on Kurt Suzuki a lot. We didn't really mention it when the Angels signed him just to kind of see what other deals they made. But when they offered him $1.75 million for another year, it's pretty obvious they're planning on using him as the backup catcher, pretty much like in a full-time bench catcher role. Um, I have lots to say, lots of complaints. I'm going to try to keep it pretty <laughs> short and sweet. But the gist of it is this. Well, there's young catchers in the Angels AAA. Of course, Matt Dice was a first overall pick by the Angels. Sort of... The idea was to use him as, as a corner infielder, third base, first base kind of deal. Um, but, you know, things weren't working out with this bat in like 2019 uh, and 2020. So in 2021, he spent the whole year in AAA relearning catcher, which he played when he was younger. I'm not sure if it was in high school or college or when he was the catcher, but he definitely had lots of catcher experience um, prior to being drafted. So we pretty much retrained him to be a catcher in AAA all season. 
and he we Travis, we follow the triple a you know south uh, salt lake b's you know twitter yeah. account yeah he was hitting home runs he was being a great effective hitter we weren't sure about his catching abilities but we knew that okay he's at least a lefty who a lefty bat would platoon well with stassi of course uh and then we know that he uh is on a super cheap deal he's a you know he's still on his rookie deal so um with all that in mind we thought it was very logical to have stassi or to have uh sorry uh matt dice was i saying stassi earlier no i don't think you were oh, okay no. <laughs> so to have matt dice uh step into the role and be the backup catcher uh i thought stassi and dice would be a great platoon but uh travis what has instead happened is they of Our course nightmare. yeah they of course re-signed kurt suzuki who i thought i thought after last season it was very obvious he'd retire it was his least productive season in a long time. He has played the least amount of games since any season since his rookie year last year. Um, with all that in mind, I'm like, okay, you know, this guy was very clearly on the downhill. Uh, he got to play in Anaheim his last year. He went to Casa Fullerton, which was very close to Angel Stadium. So it was almost like a homecoming last season. Good for him. See you later. I'm not gonna miss you, but exactly. uh, we re-signed him for even more money than he was making last year, which is a huge head scratcher. Also, he blocks dice, which is not something I'd like to see at all. I really was hoping Dice would get some big league at bats. And the, the the worst part about it all, Travis, is we have seen Dice now play catcher uh, on TV now in in uh, in Tempe uh, in the spring training, and he looks solid back there. Yeah. He looks like as a defensive catcher. Um, don't have the you know don't have the advanced numbers uh, or anything because it's just bring training in Tempe. But the uh, naked eye sees the naked eye sees good frames, good framing. Yep, mm-hmm. it sees good blocking. It sees even a good arm behind uh behind home plate. And uh, he, I think he had a home run. Uh, yeah, uh, about a week ago. So, yeah. uh, the bat is solid too. Uh, there's clearly something with the Angels about veterans, and <laughs> it has always kind of been. Uh, and it's gone back to the 80s and the 70s. Yeah, they they love uh. You know, getting people, even if they're past their prime, if they're a good veteran presence, if they think it's a big name, they'll go for it. Suzuki, of course, not really a big name, but, you know, uh, the GM Perry Manassian made a quote, something along the lines of, Kurt Suzuki is going to bring a, uh, I guess, some some, uh, leadership. A locker room presence. Right. And because of that, you had to give him 175 million, or sorry. 1.75 1.75 million yeah, yeah. which just makes no sense to me at all uh i i'm i'm dice is not only cheaper but i think he's just straight up better regardless of being better per dollar you know uh i really would have liked to see him i still think there's a chance dice we see him catching for the angels at some point this season but there's no denying that uh he's going to be blocked by suzuki a lot yeah. of playtime will be blocked and the worst of it all, Travis, is today Suzuki hit a home run. So he probably is going to get that much more credit uh, with the the team. And, you know, that much has more of an argument to get real play time. Uh, and, and, and my last note, Travis, before I kick it to you and get your you know thoughts is when they were kind of talking about what Suzuki brings to the table, I think Madden commented, Coach Joe Madden, he commented that uh, – they probably overused Suzuki last year and that's why he underperformed at the plate and defensively and Travis that makes absolutely no sense at all because first of all Madden decides how much he plays yeah so saying he played too much that whose fault is that you know and then Stassi had some injuries which probably increased Suzuki's play time more than they wanted but still it was the least amount of play time Suzuki has had since his rookie year with that in mind there's no argument to be made that he played too much and like couldn't get through the season. The truth of it, 
was that he's just not uh, a top MLB catcher. He's not like in the top 30. There has to be other better options. And I even think AAA uh, offers some better options for us. But give me your, you know, I took a lot of time there, but give me your thoughts on the Suzuki being on the team again, going into next season and, and how you want to see that kind of shape up. Yeah, I mean, I I was hoping we'd see a Thice stassi duo. Um, we could still see it, but I mean, when the signing came through, it just sounded like, okay, the Angels are now taking steps backwards. You know, we it's talked like- about... Yeah, we talked about, you know, all the signings they had pre-lockout and then the signings they had post-lockout for the first week and a half or so. And I think it was A.J. Ramos, who now is out for the year. Yep. And then you have Kurt Suzuki, and now you're almost saying you're you're making subtractions by additions. Yeah, it, <laughs> so, it's, it's like we're unserious. Like, what's it, going on here? Exactly. And so I, I think Angel fans and Angel Twitter, I know they just were – they they took it to uh you know the angels profile and of course angels you know angels you know reporters and angels uh angels twitter i feel like they kind of like they want to troll the fans and they're like we got kurt back and i think everyone's just like we if you look at if you are a just a fan that just doesn't even know stats and just watches the game you definitely could tell yourself why are we bringing it back an old catcher like this at least give thice a chance because you can say hey this guy is going to grow and get better and better stat or i mean suzuki's days are over you know the suzuki's yeah. suzuki's already passed his prime and last year it was kind of cool okay cool we got this guy kurt suki who was you know he was a good catcher you know back in 2012 yeah. um and i guess you know also you look at the 20 uh the 2019 world series and you're like man he had a home run against uh verlander. What was it, verlander or cole and it's like oh we need we need this guy and so it was kind of just like okay well we don't need this guy because i mean you know we're just looking at moments of this guy's career and you're like we got this guy and it's it's me it's just not a smart move at all um and the the, the kicker is that they also got a, another catcher in romine so it's like yeah right now we have you know, I think he's on a might be on a minor league deal. I'm yeah, not sure, but yeah. it's like you could have easily had a Romine be like the backup option if Dice does not pan out. Exactly. But you just had to go get Suzuki. It just it's a real sort of letdown, I guess. And but. even with Stassi, Stassi, I think is Stassi knows he's he's good to go and catch 130 games. I mean, oh yeah, he's one A as long as he's healthy. Dice can literally come in and, and and catch once a week for Stassi, and I think that'd be good, a really good platoon. And plus, again, you have Dice being a lefty, you can even use him a little bit more if you want as well. And I mean. Yeah, he, he could pinch it for another spot. Yeah, like, well, he's, yeah. Well, he's been a catcher bench guy. And, and it just, it, yeah, <laughs> it was a head scratcher. Um, I know I don't, I don't want, we don't want to take too much time on this topic, but it was, it was definitely a head scratcher. And had you know, that era grievances. And, and hopefully, yeah, maybe with Kurt Suzuki, if he plays thirty games this year, maybe he he performs a lot better. We'll have to see. But you know, we just we just can definitely see what we've seen so far in spring training and from last season. Um, he's not, not, not too much of a fan favorite, but, uh, no. I know, I know some baseball writers like to troll the angel fans and say, Hey, your, your favorite Kurt Suzuki. And I think, yeah, just every, just everyone just bugs, bugs the crap out of us. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's definitely something as we, we question, but, uh, this is who we got Travis and, and we're ready to go on opening day with that in mind. But, yep. Yep. But yeah, that pretty much wraps up our, what we want to talk about. I, one last thing, I guess, Chris Archer, I think is going to the twins, right? Twins. Yep. yep. Uh, Another, so they kind of, of course, made some last, last minute somewhat noise. We'll see what happens, but yeah, yeah. I'm. I, I we'll talk about you know what we think of like each division and stuff next week. But the Twins are definitely going to be a hard team to rank because great bats made some additions on the offensive side of the ball, but you know Sanchez and Urshela could be inconsistent. And and pitching could be just kind of a pitching. Meh, you I know. think yeah, when you have uh, I think it's like Ober, Bundy, 
who's their who's their number one? Oh, gray. They just got gray. gray. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of question marks, and then of course Archer, another question mark. So, um, interested to see how that works out. But we will now move on into our positional ranks. Travis, uh, we'll start off with catcher. Yep. And then catchers. we'll go starting pitcher, relief pitcher. So. Yep. And same um, format. Just give us. Uh, you know, we'll start with the bottom five, and then work our way up to number one. Um, cool. Interesting to see this. I know. Uh, I know, Alex. I think our. I think possibly our top five might be the same players if not you know in different orders but um i know i think this will be a very good discussion at top uh in the top five because i was very high on one guy last year and you know you not so much but uh i'll kick it off uh i'll do six through ten so basically going down the order number 10 max stassi just talked about him number nine mitch garver eight sean murphy seven jacob stallings and six Mike Zanino. Those are my bottom five top 10 catchers. Who do you got for yours? Yeah, so I have number 10. I have Stevenson on the Reds. Nine, I have Wilson Contreras. Eight, I have Jacob Stallings. Seven, Murphy on the A's. Six, Mitch Garver. Yeah, and that's my yeah, that's my six. I must keep okay. going. Six okay. through ten. Wow, wow. I, I knew we'd have a lot of differences, and we're gonna continue to have mm-hmm. lots of differences, I'm sure. Um, Stallings and Murphy, very similar. We had them flip flopped, but still, yes, uh, both really defensive minded. Both project for a nice like two to three war. I mm-hmm. think they'll both be very good everyday catchers for um, both. You know, the A's, assuming they keep on to Murphy, and then uh, Stallings found a new team in Miami. Yep, um, I think both will be productive this season. Um, and it'll be nice. I think Stallings will definitely be helping him with all that young pitching. Um, having a great defender. I think last year he was the gold glove winner. He might have also been like the the um I, I think I wanted him to win platinum glove. I know he didn't. I went to Arenado. Okay, but, okay. But um, I I know they give out they give out I forget what it's called, but they give out like the best defender at each position. They like I Rawlings gives an AL and an NL gold glove, but they also give out like Okay. The best defensive team. I think Stallings was on that, or he might have been might have been the catcher, but he okay. he was very elite last year at defense. Yes, yeah, for sure. And then he even actually had some clutch hits for the Pirates. Doesn't make that much noise when you are playing in Pittsburgh, of course, with that kind <laughs> of team, with that kind of record. But um, and you had Garver d- number six, correct? Yes. Okay. I'm a bit higher on Garver than you. You had him at what nine? Nine, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So not I mean not crazy far off, but I think that Garver is an underrated catcher because of. Um, his bat actually projects to be very nice. Uh, he didn't play a full season last year, only 68 games in 2021. But uh, when he's playing, he's hitting like a true, like, you know, well above average hitter. Yeah, like um, Gary Sanchez should. <laughs> <laughs> well put. Yeah, like Gary Sanchez probably wishes he was hitting. Uh, and so, of course, he also is going to a new team. He's going to Texas. Hopefully does not haunt us uh, Angel fans as we right. make a journey to Arlington. But uh, I'm high on him. I think he brings both a defensive component as well as a really powerful bat, um, some good discipline too. So I like Garver a lot. Um, Contreras, I think he might be in your – maybe he's not. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. So we'll, have to see. we'll hold off there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you also mentioned uh, – let, let's move on to top five. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to debate guys who may or may not be in yours. Um, so uh, go ahead. Why don't you give us five right. and go so, up? So yeah. So starting at number five, I have Wilson Contreras. Number five, number four, and Alex. These top four, they were they were the hardest to rank. Really, for you? And I will say before I say my four, all four of these guys, I think right now are at the same almost level. 
the same pedestal this season will definitely be the true i think the tester test. okay um number four could easily be number one so number four will smith number three yasmani grandal Number two, Salvador Perez. And number one, I still have GT Real Muto leading the way for the catchers. So give me your five. We'll discuss. Cool. So five, I have Mike Zunino. Okay. Four, I have Max Stassi. Wow. He's I, obviously, I, obviously very high. So if you're doing the math, Travis. <laughs> I was, I was, I'm stunned, yeah. So, uh, if you're doing the math, there's only three spots left. So I have three, I have JT Real Muto. Two, I have Will Smith. And one, I have Yasmani Grandal as the best catcher. <laughs> In baseball, so Charles, I'm shocked, the, man. The, so the elephant in the room is that I did not rank Salvador Perez right. <laughs> so we should probably address that first. That's a big elephant, yeah. Um, so my thought is this: I do think you don't like home runs or RBIs. Oh, I do like home runs. Yeah. I definitely like home runs. Um, but RBIs, I think, are mostly a product of where you are in the lineup. Um, Grandal bats a lot of first and second for the, or maybe even like you know fifth or sixth. Yeah. So. If, if you if you had Grandal batting cleanup for the White Sox, I think he'd have just as many RBIs as as, uh, as and played every game. Of course, the one thing I'll say that Salvador has um, that I might be disrespecting is how often he plays. Mm-hmm. He's really good, but the thing is, some of that is at first base or even DH uh, for the Royals. But he actually is going out there almost every day, which is a big plus. Um, and the power on his bat, he still projects to be very powerful again next year. He's going to be a well above average hitter. But I just I honestly think. That Yasmani Grandal and Will Smith are both better offensive players. I know the RBIs and the runs and stuff don't tell that same story, but I think based on how much they walk, based on how much they hit for power, extra bases, the slugging, I think it's all very comparable. Yasmani Grandal is the best walker in baseball. He's a hundredth percentile in walk percentage. He hits the ball also very hard. He's yeah. an elite at exit velocity. He just didn't play as many games, so the RBIs aren't going to be on the same level as a guy like. I think a four twenty uh, on base last year with like I think it was a it was a. It's a good slugging too. It's, I think the first half or something like that, the first two months, I wasn't as average like 150, but his his on base was like 400 or something like that. Yeah, it, it was kind of just like and, and it was it was it was interesting. Yeah, and we and we've established <laughs> that I'm not big on on batting average, at least in terms of like the end all be all. Uh, a 159 WRC plus for Grandal last season is like MVP. Like obviously he doesn't have the games to back that up. And if he played more games, I'm sure that number drops a bit, but still 93 games, almost hundred games at a 159 WRC plus for me, he is by far the best hitting catcher in baseball. And I think that he is an average or above average defensive catcher. Smith is probably around the same. Salvador Perez. I don't think this is a controversial statement. I think he's the worst defensive catcher in baseball. For me, I just don't feel comfortable ranking someone. I think he should be a first baseman. If he was a first baseman, Travis, he probably would be on my list. But he's playing catcher, and he's pretty much a DH playing catcher. So but he, I, he, I will say, I think his de- defensive WAR last year was like one point three. He still provided a a. I, so yeah, I I, th- I think above the, average guy at behind the plate. I think I, I think the reason for that is there's a positional adjustment. So you almost get credit for just being in the in the you know the the two spot of the positional. Like you get you know for you said you said you said down play catcher, you're gonna get some defensive war there. If you play left field, your war is gonna be negative no matter what just for de- for defense because they know it's a position that's not very valuable. You're not providing that much uh, defense for the team. It's not as important. So even though that defensive war was positive for for uh, for Perez, I think it was mostly a result of uh, the position, a positional impact. He had the worst framing, uh, according to Statcast, of any catcher, and it was by quite a lot. Um, I think I think uh, the fourth worst was like Kurt Suzuki, and 
if Suzuki played a full season, maybe he'd be worse than Perez. Um, so <laughs> so I'll, I'll give Perez that much credit. Um, yeah, for me, Travis, uh, it may seem blasphemous. Um, it might be blasphemous, but... I'm just going to ask you, the guy broke the record for the most home runs by a catcher in a, in a single season. Yeah. That's still just still kind of a... That's you, it, you're not going to rank him in the top ten. It's it's an impressive feat, but um, I I really care about you know this is my my mind in my mind this is a ranking for 2022 mm-hmm. and what I think you're going to do next year. Um, I know you said that, and, and that's a good point. I mean, yeah, you're right. He could definitely not be the top ten. Um, I like to look back at years past 2020. I think he played 30 something games. His numbers were insane. I think he I think he super batted, small sample. But it was you're a, right. yeah, he batted like, like 333 with an on, with an on base. I think of like 390 with a slugging of like 600 or something like that. But, but um, yeah, like a month of baseball. So yeah, but one more thing to add on him that you kind of just uh, reminded me of. Also, one of the most Sorry, one of the least disciplined players, which is something I also like too. His walk percentage is just completely down in the dumps. He does not walk a lot. He's up there swinging, which Travis, some players, that's their style. And there's a spot for that in baseball, of course. But for me, if you're going to have that much, uh, I guess, power, if he was walking more, I think he'd be much more of a... I think he'd almost hit more home runs if he wasn't just like swinging stuff in the dirt all the time, in my mind. Just kind of wait for your pitch kind of thing. Um it's it's obviously hard to say that someone who was like a home run leader type of guy uh, could have hit more, but I think that overall uh, he had you know a really special season in terms of the results he produced. But I think in terms of what is gonna make him a sustainably good player, his career averages for like uh, OPS plus and stuff they're like around a hundred or even worse. Mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. When it's all said and done, I think it was 100, 125 or something last year. Just the slugging was high. Yeah. yeah. So you you could argue that he has a, um, maybe an all time great uh, catcher offensive season in terms of the offensive production, in terms of the offensive counting stats. Absolutely. But in terms of what I really want out of my catcher going into next season, I think I'll take these. I mean, pretty much everyone I listed is a better defender. I mean, literally everyone I listed, and then they're all pretty much above average hitters. Uh, so I think I'll just take that skill set any day over someone who's gonna be swinging, you know, for the fences every time and and probably striking out, you know, a ton. Which strikeouts are okay, but never really walking and playing really bad defense is just not what I want to build my team around. So it may be controversial, but uh, any other reaction to my, my I didn't, blasphemy? I didn't hear. Now, so here's one guy I didn't hear, Mike Zanino. And I know his no, OPS I, he's, was... He's five. Oh, he's five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on Zanino and Stassi. They're my four or five guys. For you, that's like your six and ten guy, I think. Six, ten, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I uh, both guys, I think, uh, provide really good defense and also provide tons of upside at the plate. I think Zanino probably a little bit more upside than Stassi. But, um, yeah, Zanino, Travis, you know, what, one of the best guys last year in terms of slugging, his average was pretty low. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, his power, I mean. Much yeah. like a grand doll, but when he hit the ball, it was just like home yeah. runs. It was a single or home run. I think he had more home runs than singles last season, if I'm not mistaken. He, he's a smart guy, kind of changing uh, the subject, but he's a smart guy, I think, for like fantasy baseball users. I mean, if you're, if you're looking at a stat line of average RBIs, home runs, runs, and... If you don't have average as a category, yeah. if your league does on base instead of average, you get Zunino. Yeah, yeah. Average is what's going to bring you down. But, but even but even just with that, Zunino, you know, is going to be a guaranteed lock. Home runs, RBIs, even maybe some runs. That's going to be some very strong uh, numbers from Zunino when, you know, yes. most catchers are not going to provide those kind of numbers um, with that. Alex, where did you have uh, Real Muto? 
He's three. Three. So my okay. three going up is we have Muto, Will Smith, and Grandal. Grandal would be number one. So we both have. Uh, you had Smith four. Smith I, four, I have yeah. two, but we both agree he's in play for which, number one. Which pained me. I mean, it, I, I, yeah, I, he, I definitely was thinking to myself, you know what? If it, someone has him, one, if yeah. someone has him first, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, next season, Travis, he's going to be. I mean, he. I don't know if he's been an All Star yet, but he's the guy who, who should be considered for All Star stuff every single year. He's such a great hitter. I think he's Travis. He's a kick. yeah. He's he's a good hitter, um, especially against Chris Rock, right? You're funny, Travis. Yeah, That's a good yeah. one. Um, but uh <laughs> just throw that one out there, yeah. Very, Will Smith joke. Actually, happy birthday to Will Smith. I think it was yesterday he just turned uh Yeah, what are the odds? Twenty something. I don't know. But yeah. I mean what a what a he probably got the memes in his phone were probably blowing up yeah. and they were probably just off off the hook. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he's tired of it by now, but uh we'll, I'm sure he hates his name now. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll spare him for us this pod, hopefully. But yeah, Travis, he's actually someone who if you're drafting fantasy, you could get Will Smith. And as a catcher, it's like, you know, most catchers are going to either have to give up something for the average or for the, for the base running or something. He's just like a pure offensive he beast. He, Much like Real Muto. Th- there's no weakness offensively. He yeah. has the power. He has the ability to hit for average. He can even steal bases from time to time. He's not super fast, but he's fast enough. And the guys are going to get on in front of him. So Exactly. His, he's in the middle of a stack lineup. He's going to be hitting like fourth or fifth for yeah. the Dodgers, who are going to probably be top five in baseball in terms of their team yeah. production offensively. So, yeah, Travis, he is uh, he's one of the few times where you can get a catcher. He's going to be as good as any of the guys in your team yeah. uh, in terms of, you know, it's not going to be a weak spot like most catchers are. Definitely. definitely. So, uh, yeah, Real Muto, I have three uh, he's below that top tier with Smith mm. and Grandal for me because um, there's been a bit of a dip, and I still think he can bounce back. I think you know, uh, you could totally convince me that he could be in MVP conversations in a, in a year or two from now. But definitely someone who I think has declined a bit. Um, and I already covered Grandal, but uh, yeah, give me your thoughts on I guess you, the that top four group you had. Yeah, Gr- Grandal, I I agree. The OPS OPS plus numbers were very impressive for me. Grandal, I you know I I just have this way of you know it. It's great you get on base, Grandall, but in in just my opinion, if someone's if someone's you know, I and it kind of just depends on the situations. I mean, not not always, but if you get on base, Grandall, you're not stealing bags, a ball in the gap, you're probably not scoring. Um, you probably don't value a lot on the base paths. So, if does your on base really truly mean anything? I think yes and no. I mean, of course, if he gets on and gets a home run, that's a two-run home run rather than a solo home run. So I can see both sides of that. I just look at him being, you know, he, he he's not a waste on the base paths, but he almost he's a liability kind of, he, on the base he, paths. He, he just kind of you just know, you know, you know, you're gonna have to get probably, you know, three straight singles to score him because a ball hit to center field and he's at second. He's probably not scoring on from second base, you know, just kind of that, that sort of thing, but still has really good power. I really like the power numbers. I thought, man, if he has money played a full season, if he plays as many games as Perez, he'd probably have 40 home runs too. So I really like his hitting Will Smith, just really an up and coming guy. I think Will Smith and JT Remuto are so much of a good comparison. They hit for average. They hit home runs. They hit RBIs. Um, you know, they both have good on base, good slugging. They both steal bags. You know, I feel like they kind of just can do it all. They're um, they're kind of just a different different grouping of a catcher. I feel like you know Salvador and Grandal. They're just these. I'm not gonna say these big meatheads, but they just hit home runs. Yeah. And they're just known for really good power. So uh, I like Smith and Real Muto. Um, you know, I feel like they can really affect the team in a whole 
whereas some of these guys can really only affect the team in certain areas. So I definitely agree with that. Um, I guess for me, I just can't ignore 48 home runs, uh, you know, the, the, the tie for the home run title and the, uh, the overall RBI title almost, I know it wasn't even at all close, but just pretty cool that a catcher got two of the three for almost a triple crown. I don't think that's ever been done before. Um, if it has that guy's a legend, it might be probably Josh Gibson or something like that, but, right. uh, I just respect Salvador 48 home runs. I think that just definitely, you know, that hits my radar as, uh, you are a serious threat for the catching position. I can sacrifice some of the defense and the base running. That's fine. But if you're doing that, that's especially at, uh, you know, Coffin Park, that's a very, very deep ballpark for hitters. So uh, respect for Salvador Perez. Of course, I'd like J- JT Real Muto. I think, of course, he can do almost it all. So um, before we move on, Travis, to the next positions, uh, I'll make my last little thing about Stassi since he, I yeah, ranked him, I ranked him yeah. fourth. So. Um, definitely, you know, in that top tier for me, uh, he had 2.9 Fangraphs war in 87 games played. So for me, that's super impressive. He has about 50, 40 to 50 fewer games played than Will Smith and JTV Muto. And he had 2.9 war, whereas those guys had 4.4 and 4.6. Yeah, so he really, been there. Yeah. if Stassi was at 130 games played, he'd be up around four war for sure. Um, that to me is as good as you're going to get for a catcher most of the time because they're not playing 160 games really. Um, yeah, I think overall Stassi super impressive both last year and of course 2020 was really good in that short season too. So I think he projects well for the future. I think next season he's going to be good for at least a two war, maybe a three war if he's uh, you know anything like he was last season. He definitely. could be even better if he is, remains as good as he was. So definitely, definitely. I'm excited about him going forward. I think uh, offensively and defensively he's great. So. Yeah, I think that that pretty much wraps up catching, Travis. Definitely. And we can move on to starting pitching now. So moving on to starting pitchers, Travis, um, I'll let you start us off with your kind of 10 through 6. I'll give mine, and then we'll kind of discuss uh, and give the rest of our list and go yeah. on. Yeah, so number uh, number 10, I have uh, Kevin Gosman making the move to the Blue Jays. I think he'll still be effective. Year Past two years, elite, very good. I think he'll still be good in 2022. Nine, I have Lance Lynn of the White Sox. Eight, I have Shane Bieber. Seven, I have Zach Wheeler. And six, I have Brandon Woodruff. So that is my bottom five. Alex, who do you got for yours? Yeah, so 10 going up. Uh, my 10th guy is Walker Bueller. Wow. Might be a bit okay. lower than some others, but um, we'll get into that in a minute. Nine, I'm going Aaron Nola. Might be a surprise. Eight, Logan Webb. Seven, Brandon Woodruff. And six for me is Max Scherzer. So might be a bit uh lower and higher on some different random guys but i'll I'll give some reasoning right now i guess uh bueller at 10 might be lower than some people some people might have him top five um i can i can i can get why Uh, i think if i had to pick someone for a big game he would not be my 10th pick he'd probably be higher than that but i think for the course of a season and the way we kind of project him for next season um i think 10 is a really respectable place to be i'm not trying to make it a diss i think that you know his ERA last year of two four seven uh, was a bit lower than it probably should have been. Uh, his 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 expected ERA by Fangraphs is a is a three point one, uh, which is was still you know elite stuff, Cy Young contending stuff. But I think overall he might regress back a bit. I think he might fall back towards the pack a bit. I expect him to get you know tons of wins next season. I think for a fantasy pick next year, it makes a lot of sense. I think he'll be the ace for the Dodgers. I think he's finally getting the opening day start, whereas the last couple of seasons it's been Kershaw 
or I think even when Kershaw got hurt, they gave it to like May or something like that. But um, yeah, I think that Bueller is an ace, but I just have him a bit lower. Uh, need to see, I guess, consistent success from him. Uh, I'm just projecting a bit of regression, I guess, from him. And then same for Scherzer. Scherzer, I have him at six. I assume most people will have him as like a third, fourth, fifth best pitcher. Interesting, yeah. Um, I'll touch on him just briefly. Uh, I think overall... He's just getting towards that age where the fastball might start losing a couple miles per hour. Um, he's now a number two behind DeGrom, which uh, shouldn't really affect you know your opinion of him, but it just kind of shows to me that, I don't know, I think he's kind of, in my mind at least, clearly not in the top, top tier for me. Um, last year, obviously, almost won the Cy Young, was second place in Cy Young voting behind, uh, behind of course, Corbin Burns. But I, I, I expect him next season to still be uh, very solid, but I think he'd be in the three ERAs more than so than the twos, which is where I guess I have the top top tier guys probably ending up. So, um, some other guys that I guess we uh, agree on at least is going to be like Brandon Woodruff. We both have him in our bottom yep. uh, mm-hmm. six through ten range. Woodruff is someone who's been consistent the last couple seasons. Uh, I think next year he's still going to be a really good. I think he'll be a number two behind Burns. I already know that Burns got announced to be the opening day starter for the Brewers, but I think that Woodruff is going to be like a consistent force in that rotation. Doesn't really miss starts and stuff. Tell me why you like Woodruff in this top 10. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought Woodruff is kind of the guy of the rotation. Burns kind of took that away from him last year with having a stellar season, but Woodruff was right on him. I mean, if there's, we have not seen that kind of competition in a while where you have the number two, um, really you know really on the number one's uh heels and both guys are putting up just i mean insane numbers i mean even even with freddie peralta that was um one of the best number threes you're gonna find I, exactly i mean I, I couldn't say much more about the brewers last year it was just so impressive um so honestly uh really like him to be in that bottom five and then um you know some of the other guys rounding out that i had shane bieber unreal 2020 Probably won't ever repeat that in a full season again, but still 2019 was very good for him. 2021 injured, did not play a full season. Um, I expect him to be back on uh, the rubber and, you know, pitching really strong. Gosman and Lynn, I think both those guys have just been consistently good 2020 and 2021. Uh, really strong performers for their teams that they've played on um, and really big contributors to getting their teams to the playoffs. So I like them as well, the bottom half of the 10. And then I think I had Zach Wheeler, number seven. Um, Alex, he kind of really hit a huge stride last year. Very well. He was 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 really good in 2020. I know he signed a... Um, I think it was like a five-year, 125 mil contract with. Uh, a lot of teams wish they were more in on him back exactly. then. Exactly, and I and I remember hearing when the Angels were, you know, so honed in on Garrett Cole, Zach Wheeler was kind of like a drop off, and now that you're looking at it, like, man, you could have given this guy some really easy money, and he would have been a, almost better than Cole the last year or last two yeah, years. Or at so. least as good for half the money. Exactly, exactly, and of course, you're not committed for ten, you know, eight, nine years with uh, with Garrett Cole, but Zach Wheeler, I really like what he's done. Um, he's, yeah, I think last year what he led the, the MLB in WAR or pitchers in WAR. I think yes, yeah. So I, I really, I really compliment what he's done. Number seven, I think, is a good spot for him. I don't know if he's quite there yet with the elite of the of the top five that I'm going to have, but. Um, yeah, I, I think he actually surprised us with uh, with finishing second in Cy Young voting. Oh, you, I think I, you're right. I, yeah. I think me and you both, we almost, we definitely thought Scherzer and and uh, and Corin Burns are going to be your top two, but it was kind of a, a, a crazy kind of freak show, uh, you know, voting the outcomes. 
Wheeler did finish number two, but um, he'd be a good guy to actually look at this season as, you know, putting money on a Cy Young vote. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking he'll, of course, rise up uh, as the season progresses. But right now, I have a number seven. Um, I think that's a really good spot for him. Number sure. number seven and down for me, I think these are the really just like the consistently, you know, good performers that you're going to see. These guys are, are guys that have been pitching well for the last, you know, three or four years. And these are guys I think that'll be pitching really, really well for the next four or five years. So um, that's my bottom 10. Sure. Yeah. And then I I'll, I'll guess I'll just give a brief justification for guys like Webb and Nola, who I have on my list. Many people might not have them on their list, um, but I just think that these guys are kind of uh, looking really good for next season. I'll put it that way. I'll start with Nola Travis, a 4.63 ERA last year. Yeah. Why is he on my top 10 with that kind of ERA? Yeah. So the reasoning... Unlucky. Uh, bad defense. <laughs> good, well put. It's a, good, it's a good short summary because the Phillies had some of the worst defense in baseball, of course. Um, also had some of the worst bullpen work so the coach really keeping them late into games which of course that's part of the job of course but when you're in there for the seventh and the eighth and you give up a home run at that point it's hard for me to really say you know you write your 110th pitch um and you get <laughs> yeah, and you, yeah. give up, you give up a bomb or maybe there's an error like it's it, it, it's just kind of hard for me to judge harshly on that um his expected era for last season just based on the quality of contact from his opponents 3.37 so over a one run per nine inning difference um, in terms of what you think would have happened uh, given better luck or better defense or whatever may have gone wrong last season. He still had a very solid four and a half fan graphs war last season, which is up there like barely below guys like Woodruff. Um, it's even above or it's it's above actually a guy like Webb uh, above Shane Bieber because Shane Bieber was hurt, of course, but you know, to try to keep it uh, kind of short and sweet, I think Noel will be very good next year. I think a three to four something war is very realistic, very likely for him. Good strikeout pitcher, avoids walks, um, a lot to like. Logan Webb, Travis, I think is an ace uh, already. And yeah. I think he's got more to prove as well. Um, he will be stepping into that number one role with Gosman leaving to the Blue Jays, of course. And I think Webb, uh, he proved that he's a big game pitcher based on game five, of course, of that. That sinker against righties is, I don't know. I don't know, what if, you can gonna hit, do? I don't know if you can hit it. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you can hit it. It's, it's, he places it's it. Insane. It's yeah. in the corner. It's, it's not going to get called a ball and you're not going to hit it either. So uh, his placement is amazing. Um, he's able to kind of get weak contact. He is able to avoid walking pitchers. He avoids hard hits. Um, he really does it all in my mind, kind of a jack of all trades pitcher. And he plays also in a very pitcher-friendly park, so I expect very good numbers from him next season as well. Uh, so for me, he actually does make the top 10. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably good to move in the top five now. Yeah. Travis, go ahead and give me yours, and we'll we'll keep going. Yeah, so number five, uh, the Cy Young winner, Corbin Burns. Uh, he's going to be kind of in this elite uh, top five grouping now. Um, number four, I have Walker Bueller. Just the consistency, Alex. I think since he came in the league in 2018, he has just been putting up monster numbers every single year and, of course, monster postseason numbers. Um, so Walker Buehler is number four. And then my top three, it's really kind of just the the group of death. I mean, these three guys, in my opinion, have been the best three pitchers. Um, you could even say for the past five years. Um, number three, Scherzer. Number two, Garrett Cole. Number one, Jacob deGrom. Um, for me, I'll probably argue pretty hard. I don't think there's really with, – with what they've proven the last – five years last three years um these guys are the most elite these guys are definitely the highest ranked guys going into the season now of course looking onward we'll have to see how 2022 treats some of these guys but um so far i think degrom cole scherzer 
um, those are those are three first ballot Hall of Famers. Uh, if I've ever if I've ever seen names like that, so uh, interested to see who you got for your five. Yeah, so five going up. Five, I have Shane Bieber. Four, I have Zach Wheeler. Three, I have Corbin Burns. Two, I have Garrett Cole. And one, I have Jacob DeGrom. So some very familiar names at the top. Um, the first main difference we have, I think, is Max Scherzer. You have met three. I've met six, yep. which is not crazy far off, but um, I don't want to try to be disrespectful. I agree he's a first ballot Hall of Famer in my book as well. I just think with the age getting up there, um, I think being you know a second fiddle to DeGrom, um i'm interested to see how does this affect both of them or does it elevate one of them you know right where I, I think i was talking to you a couple months back and i was wondering is it safe or is it bad to put a cy young vote on one of those guys because well one of them what if they're both doing very well and voters are kind of like Mets. Mets writers who have a vote might have to yeah, make a tough decision. Like I can't choose Degrom or Scherzer. You know, I'm just going to go Woodruff. He he's having a stellar year. You know, I, I'm just going to go with a guy that's you know kind of like you know not in New York. So who knows? You're right. They could split the vote, Travis. But the 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 duo that I think for me will always it, it might stand the test of time as the best one two punch ever that I've seen. But uh, the Cole and Verlander 2019 Astros. Yeah. yeah. They somehow managed to not to split. Not, they didn't split the vote. You know. Yeah. yeah. I think every first place vote went to one of them too. I remember a really, a really cool quote from AJ Hinch, who was the coach at the time said like, I don't know who's going to be deciding this year, but I know he's in this room. And it's like, (laughs) it's kind of boss. So maybe that, maybe the Mets have a similar scenario with, with DeGrom and Scherzer next season, but I would predict Scherzer to be a bit of a step down, just still an elite pitcher, but a tier below, I think the top guys for me, I think Bieber, Wheeler and Burns, all guys who I have ahead of them that you didn't have ahead of them. I guess I just kind of see them more as coming into their own. They're already kind of peaking or as Scherzer is probably past his peak. Um, even though of course a top three Young finished last year um, and he, he could do that again. Of course he could prove me wrong and do it again. I just think his area might sink back down towards the mid threes maybe the low three still whereas some of the other guys might uh, give you more innings with even maybe a better era um wheeler i have high kind of high at four compared to you yeah uh, such a workhorse in my mind at two 213 innings pitch i think he led baseball on that last season still having one of the best eras as well so um i think he's trending super super well in the next season uh burns as well uh reigning cy young and he earned every bit of it all his advanced stats point that like his ERA could have been even better, but based on his FIP and his, his expected ERA, he really could have, uh, you know, challenged some ERA records. He could have even gotten below two if, if things went a little bit better for him. But, um, yeah, Travis, uh, DeGrom and Cole being one and two, uh, no debate there, right? I think it's just pretty solidly locked in. Those um, have been the guys for a, quite a while now. Yeah, yeah, at least I think 2019, 2020, 2021, I think they've been one and two. Yeah pretty much you know hard to debate um i expect them to continue to do the same a bit of a drop at the end of the season last year for cole my intuition still tells me it was injury related i think he will come back next season hopefully fully healthy strong um he will continue to be like a five plus work pitcher i think going forwards um always has been that guy since his uh second place Cy Young finish still hunting for that Cy Young travis when will he get it <laughs> And you know what? It, it's it's almost like he's turning. I'm not saying turning into the Chris Sale or the like the Nolan Ryan of of no Cy Youngs so far in Chris Sale's career. No Cy Youngs and Nolan Ryan's, but it, you kind of got to think, man. If Cole can't secure it in the next couple years, next two years or so, might be in that list. It, it, it might, might be you know looking that you know that the time has come. Shane Bieber is going to still you know continue to pound it. 
Um, and of course, some, you know, upcoming pitchers could definitely do the same thing. We'll have to see. But uh, yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole, he, I, th- I think the big thing is he needs to get the Yankees to almost a successful like division crown. That I think is the one thing that will be uh, one thing to watch this year. But, you know, even looking at at the season he had last year, I think in early September, it was his. Robbie Ray just had a better September. He stole it away from him. Um, and, you know, Cole had a kind of a, not a meltdown, but he definitely just had a couple of bad starts in his final games that, uh, that really, I think voters were thinking to themselves, okay, we'll give it to Robbie Ray. So, yep. uh, still of course to Grom Cole, I mean, such a dynamic duo, both playing in New York. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, I think always every year people can say Cole DeGrom is a really safe, you know, Cy Young for each league to go with because because those guys are going to just offer elite numbers all the time. And I'll say, Travis, DeGrom was for sure the best pitcher last year on a rate basis, but did not have like the innings pitched, had the injuries. Almost at the area record. So, <laughs> yeah, he was definitely going to be he had finished with a 1.08, which would have been the record if he qualified. But of course, only pitched 92 innings last season. Travis, if he cannot get over like 100 innings pitched next season. He can't be my number one anymore. Because, yeah, understood. Um, understood. Yeah, I I still have number one out of respect for how good he was on a rate basis, but um, he needs to keep it together for the season. Uh, injuries are super unfortunate, and I'm not going to blame him for it. But when a ranking pitchers, you know, making your start every time uh, is part of the equation. So I'm I just kind of I'm throwing that out there. He's one of my favorite pitchers to, to watch, and and I love him. But he could end up, uh, you know, he has to kind of prove prove it to me this year. He Definitely. has to kind of convince me that he's number one i'm not going to give it to him just by default next year like I, I did this year so that's where i met with those guys um very solid list from both of us uh probably gonna move on to relievers now relievers now yeah and this will be uh interesting because i think that some of these guys on my list are not um they're not traditional closers so they're just Same. relief pitchers Same so for me. um i wanted to of course kind of kind of include the elite of the elite even if you're setting up games or if you're coming in the seventh inning and you do your job so well I think you'll be on this list, but um, you'll start off, Alex. Give me your bottom five for your relievers. Yeah, so I can just tell you right now, I think we have some differences, <laughs> especially this number, <laughs> ready. This, yeah. this number 10. I'm really surprised by as I'm staring at my list right here, but um, I, I believe it. I believe what I'm what I'm what I'm preaching. So uh, number 10, I have Aaron Bummer, who's a, a, bummer. Su- a surpriser. Big bummer. Uh, yeah. Nine, I have Edwin Diaz. Eight, Ryan Presley. Seven, Devin Williams. Six, Taylor Rogers of the Twins. Taylor Rogers, okay, okay. Go, I, go and give me your bottom five. So my 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 bottom three are names that we've heard for the past ten years. Uh, ten, I have Araldis Chapman still. Mm-hmm. Um, nine, I have Craig Kimbrell. Eight, I have Kenley Jansen. Seven, I have Blue Jays Jordan Romano. And six, I have Braves Tyler Matzik. That is my bottom five. I guess I'll kind of start off, Alex. Is that none the same? None the same, yeah. <laughs> and, and honestly, I, I, I definitely was thinking That's that. That's probably the, the first the, time we've had that for a five. I, I really think it is. Relievers are, can be such a it, – it can be really big a wild card. I'll definitely say there are guys that you pointed out that are in my top five, and then there's probably okay. guys that I pointed out um, could be in your top five. But I yeah. know I kind of stayed with some of the um, – I guess I'd say some of the older veteran guys, Chapman, Kimbrell, Jansen – um this is probably going to be yeah th- th- this could honestly be their last year on my top 10 um i think chapman the way he started was so elite the way he finished was just the biggest meltdown we always look, go back to the to the uh, jared walsh home run uh the pimp job by him 
And then uh, Craig Kimbrell, I mean, th- the first half, Alex, I think he had a .49 ERA. That was just incredible. And then the last half with the White Sox, it just was a meltdown. Did not work, yeah. I definitely will say that I think the only only thing I can blame with that is that going to a closing pitcher now to a setup man for Liam Hendricks, that definitely could have a lot of effect. Maybe he can really just kind of screw up his mindset. Um, that's why, of course, I still have him on the list, but he's still low. Kenley Jansen, for me, um, still one of the most consistent closing pitchers out there on the market, um, does his job, you know, day in and day out. He of course does have these meltdowns and people do of course get on him. Um, I'm one of them, but, uh, you know, I think Kenley Jansen has still been a consistently very good and very effective closing pitcher. So I still want to include him on my relief pitcher list. Number eight, um, Matzik, I mean, playoff legend. I think also he had very good numbers last year in the full season. Um, and then Jordan Romano, just a name I saw on, uh, on LB network. And I, I did some research and I was like, wow, this guy has been, um, a, just a really impressive guy that I really have not noticed. I, I honestly could tell you probably one week ago, you said Jordan Romano. I said, I don't know what team is wh- he on, what yeah. are you even talking about? So Jordan Romano, number seven, uh, looked up the numbers, really good relief pitcher, um, for the last two seasons, at least. So he is on number seven, but, um, Kind of walking through, of course, some of the guys you had. I know you said Devin Williams. Yes. Just scariest pitching repertoire that I've seen. Yeah. Some um, of the best junk in baseball for sure. He had some he, – he definitely came down to earth last year yes. from 2020 because 2020 was just kind of like a Shane Bieber year. But Rookie of the year for him. Insane numbers. Uh, punched a wall. Did not get to pitch in the postseason while a celebration. So All very true. That was a negative look on him. But um, give me give me, uh, give me me the recap of some of the other guys. I think he had Ryan Presley as well. Yeah. So first, Devin Williams. Williams, uh, 2-5 ERA last year, so a big step down from 2020, but still quite elite in my estimation. Um, had a nice one and a half war by Fangraphs. So overall, I think as a setup man, you're not going to find much better at all. Um, setting up for one of the most elite guys, so he's more than doing his job, I'd say. Ryan Presley, Travis, also I had him at eight. He is someone who uh, he's getting saves, of course, for the Houston Astros. He actually it became their closer. Uh, he's projected next year to continue to be really elite. Uh, high twos, low threes, ERA could be even better um, if he continues uh, doing what he did last year with a 2.25. So I, I'm big on on Presley. He had a solid workload of those 64 innings, which is a lot more than some of these other guys. Some of these other guys, like, like you know, Williams only had 54 innings pitched. Bummer had like 56. And Bummer um, was, a, was a White Sox. Bummer was a yeah. White Sox and not really a closer or a setup, just kind of a guy in their arsenal. The sneaky sixth and seventh guy, yeah. And but he his his ability, so he's got a few strengths um, that I'll go over. But a three point five one ERA last year that doesn't really catch your eye that much. But an expected ERA is much lower at two point seven. So he was really good at getting that weak contact. He actually is uh, the best pitcher in, I believe, he's the best reliever in baseball at limiting expected slugging so that means you're just not letting him hit the ball hard at all lots of ground balls and lots of very very weak contacts so he's very elite in that regard still gets strikeouts and whiffs even though you're making the weak contact so they can't really hit you hard but also they're missing it a ton too so it just shows how much people are kind of missing the ball and not screwing up when he's pitching uh just about as good as any other relief pitcher you're gonna find so he somehow sneaks onto my top 10, kind of surprising, but I am a big fan of Bummer and what he can continue to do um, in the bullpen. Edwin Diaz, also someone, might be surprising to have him on this list because he had a 3.45 ERA last year. Travis, for reliever, I'll just be honest, I'm not super caring that much. It is important, 
Um, but ERA is not the end-all be-all for me. I think there's much better ways to tell how good a pitcher was because there's so much randomness that could happen in your 60 innings, 50 yeah. innings that you I'm, get. I'm, agree. Yeah. Every single year, you're not going to get that much of a workload. So um, a lot of variance can happen. Like just last year, I think Hader was like up at a two or three-something ERA. Now this year, he's back down to the one-something. So that kind of stuff will happen. And what I'm really focused on is some of the other expected stats and some of the other like how good are you getting strikeouts? Are you getting your strikeouts? Are you getting your weak contact? Contact. Edwin Diaz was both good at getting strikeouts and limiting hard hits, um, which is great. I love that. And then number six, Travis Taylor Rogers, very surprisingly high. Not to be confused with Tyler Rogers, who I also considered. That, <laughs> I was considering they, him too. Yeah, they, they are brothers, but I'm talking about the twin uh, closer reliever. Has done both in different, you know. He's been their closer at some points, but he, Travis, is someone who I'm also very high on. Uh, missed some time to injury, but I'm not punishing him for that. Uh, overall. Not that much data on him because he did miss some time, but next season is expected to be up to a one or two war, which is really solid for a, a closing pitcher. Um, I expect him to be very good next year, somewhere in the twos for ERA. So watch out for him. Uh, fantasy watch. Uh, if your league does holds or saves, I expect him to to uh, be super impactful for the Twins now that their offense is a bit better. So Travis, that's my six through ten, uh, kind of in a random order there. Mm-hmm. But uh, five going up. Give me yours, and then we'll we'll kick it off yeah so number five is where i went with ryan presley um i think he's been he's been pretty elite i think since 2019 um yes very reliable so he is number five for me number four rysel iglesias um alex we saw him just i mean i feel like we haven't seen an angels closer coming in a while and basically you almost can can almost guarantee the game's going to be locked down with rysel iglesias one of the best closing pitchers last year in the game um sweeping slider that really just fools so many hitters um the pitch repertoire for him is very very uh very very special and so he is number four for me number three emmanuel classe um all i can say is i don't know who can hit a 100 mile an hour cutter um but he he can he can manage to throw that so the indians got a good uh late inning guy closer in uh i'm sorry indians guardians uh Cleveland has a very nice uh, relief pitcher in him, uh, and I think got him from the Rangers for Kluber. Kluber, that's right. Almost, Which almost kind of just a, a steal, a total steal based on you know for how, an old guy. Yeah. How Kluber, you know, was not able to put it back together post injury. So, so I really like Class A number three, two and one. Um, I think for me, were pretty easy. Two Hendricks, Liam Hendricks, and number one Josh Hader. Uh, th- both those guys are the closing pitchers for their respectable teams, and both guys do a, I think, just a very good job at getting the job done and doing their job. So that is my five, Alex. Who do you got for yours? Yeah, so five. I have a role as Chapman up here. So uh, higher than you. Um, I agree that last season kind of had a meltdown. Um, I'm gonna forgive him for it. I think that overall next season he's gonna. Because he still does a really good job at striking out. He's still elite at yeah. strikeouts. He still throws heat from the left-handed side of the of the mound. So I think overall... How's his uh, how's hard hit percentage? Does he give up a lot of hard hits? Yeah, so according to... Uh, so he's 90... Wait, let me see here. Yeah, he's 99 percentile in K percent and lift percent. Um, the hard hit is actually a bit of a weakness. He does... Because he gives up a lot of home runs. Yeah. I'm sure you mm-hmm. noticed that. Yeah. But his ability to miss the bat is some of the best in yeah. baseball. So... Um, yeah, I think overall, I give him tons of props for that. His expected batting average that he allows is 97th percentile. So 97 out of 100, you're pretty much towards the top of, of all of baseball. Travis, four going up, surprisingly, all the same. Four, <laughs> Rizal Iglesias. Three, Emmanuel Classe. 
two Liam Hendricks and one Josh Hader. So the difference was the bottom five, but the top five, yeah, pretty Some, similar. Yeah, it's crazy how five down. It's like half the names are different, but top, <laughs> yeah. but top four, we, we know who are the best performers yeah. going in the next season. Yeah, exactly. Um, Rizal Iglesias, Travis, the amount of work he put in for the Angels last year. Uh, I think the Angels did not lose a single game going in when they were leading going in the ninth because he was such a lockdown closer even when he blew a save it was like maybe one home run that he gave up a solo shot and the angels could win it you know in uh in, in of course the extra innings but uh Rizal iglesias never uh never uh got a loss i'll say that so 70 innings pitched super impressive he's able to pull that off and one of the one of the strongest and best acquisitions to bring back this offseason I, I think angel fans were yeah. They were gonna, they were gonna kill Perry and uh, in the front office if we did not get our closer back. Because as you see teams succeed, you know, having success in the playoffs, it's the bullpen. And right now, Iglesias, how I mean, I mean, you definitely need a lockdown closer like Iglesias. And so, you know, I definitely agree with that. Bringing him back, huge. Uh, and Travis, since you asked about the hard hit stuff for uh, for Chapman, I'll tell you about Iglesias. It is beyond elite. Um, he, he's 92 percentile in average exit velocity allowed so he does uh allow the, the one issue i'll say is he gives up a lot of home runs actually mm-hmm. um which is uh not a great issue to have but i think he might have had some bad luck on some fastball home run ratio stuff uh still gets tons of strikeouts tons of chases travis we've seen it like this the fastball yeah people can catch up to it the slider people are swinging at balls that are a foot out of the zone so he's elite class a you mentioned i couldn't say much better myself 100 plus on a cutter you're gonna miss that every time. Uh, below a a, a one point two nine ERA last year, and it wasn't really a fluke. All the numbers say he's gonna kind of continue that next season. Hendricks, a total workhorse, seventy one innings pitched, will continue will continue to be the closer. He really kind of proved against Kimbrel that like White Sox, I'm the guy you guys need to Definitely. keep around. Um, he was super dominant. I think easily the second best closer last season to Josh Hader, who of course has to be number one, based on his season last year and even the years prior. He's earned this spot. He is elite at limiting hard hits. He gets tons of strikeouts. He's 100 percentile on strikeout rate. So no one's better at, uh, I guess, inducing strikeout. Percentage yep. last year was like, I think like two-thirds of batters were getting yep. strike, struck mm-hmm. out. So it was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, Travis, that pretty much wraps up all the relief pitchers. Really, really was a, a, a surprise. I mean, yeah, it's funny that the top four, top five is, is practically the same. Bottom five just completely different with guys and, and and the ideas that we have for you know our pitching staff so um it's good to mix it up with uh with guys that don't traditionally close and i knew if you went that route we'd have completely different lists bummer you know absolutely and uh, and some of the other guys that devin you williams out, devin williams i mean yeah and so some of these guys it's kind of just like you're definitely going to consider a lot of these guys more than some of the you know kimbrels jansons of the world so uh, I'm, I'm glad we kind of set we kind of set the foundation for our rankings. So like throughout the season, people are going to say, oh, this guy, you know, is he a top five yet? Yeah, we yeah. can kind of look back at our Excel sheets we made or our notes. Yeah. And we can kind of say, okay, this is how things are going to change for next season. And I'm excited to continue this as, as a tradition going forwards. But overall, glad we got a chance to rank all these positions, Travis. Now we can get into the top 25 players in baseball by our estimation. So, so now combining the last three practically episodes into yeah. you know kind of looking at maybe like the top the top three at each position or something like that and then of course where they match on the top 25 for players right now we could have went to 100 that would have taken a lot of time and a lot of man hours and a lot of thinking because and probably take a full episode by de- itself de- debating on 70 and 71 i mean 
you really can't. I, I feel like it, sometimes it just gets too crazy where you're debating, you know, a second baseman and a relief pitcher, and it's like, I, I don't know. Travis, to tell do you, you want Albies or Presley? Who you want? Yeah, tell exactly, me. exactly. But but, but okay, well put, Travis. Twenty five is a nice little sweet spot where we can still have some good conversations without wasting two hours on it. So definitely, definitely. Um, Travis, uh, how do you want to do this? Want to go twenty five going to one and then do it like by fives? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, I divided mine by five, so I kind of did in, into uh, I did yeah five chunks of five, and so I kind of just said cool. you know here's my twenty five to twenty one, and then of course going downwards to that. So. Um, I'm excited to see these differences yeah, because it yeah. makes for some fun. And, and I think I pointed out earlier, um, MLB is already doing their rankings. They're down at, I think, 60 right now. And so they're furiously moving to uh, to the uh, number 25 or the num- number one spot. Um, but right now, of course, uh, we'll only do 25. Like I said, it could just take hours and hours to do a full 100, even, even a top 50. But um, top 25, Alex, I'll start it off. Um, and with my 25, he's already been announced in the in the 60 through 100 so he's actually i think he was announced i think he was somewhere in the 70s but my 25 is Cattell Marte. um i'll get into it but Cattell Marte is 25 for me 24 is marcus simeon 23 is walker bueller 22 is manny machado and 21 i have nolan arenado so that is my bottom five for the top 25 give me who you got i'm gonna be really if, if we have three in the in the same five that will be impressive yeah, especially out here kind of in the outskirts top 10 i think we'll have a lot of similarities but give me your bottom five for the top 25 so 25 going up i have grandall at 25 interesting All right. my highest ranked catcher i i didn't really change the positions right like if, okay. if you're my first catcher i didn't put any catchers above you for and, this and so. could tell I'll, I'll point out could tell i think was my four or five second baseman I like him just because he plays so many different spots. That's that's a good he point. He creates value. So for me, he's 25. I like that a lot because there's an actual reason why you change the order yeah. because he provides more value by being versatile in that way. But yeah, Grandall for me is 25. 24, I have Shane Bieber. 23, I have Wander Franco, rookie. Interesting. All right. Rookie yeah. last season. Uh, uh, 22, I have Alex Bregman. I'd be not a surprise. Mm-hmm. 21, I have Matt Olson. Okay. So that's my 21 through 25. So completely different in every way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess just, we'll make some brief cases for some of the surprising stuff. So Grandall's my highest ranked catcher. Yeah. It, that's just because catchers are not going to play the full season. Um, for me, it's really hard to be top 20 if you're a full-time catcher. So I'll give you a hint. No catchers are in my top 25. Okay, so, good. Yeah. So we're kind of in agreement on the philosophy yeah, there. Yeah, so yeah. Grandall- Ca- catchers and relief pitchers are probably will not warrant too many spots in the top 25 in my opinion i think last year hader and hendrix were i think they weren't even they, they were at like Remember 51 the 40s or something yeah it, it, it was really high and so i was debating do i put hader at 25 but then i thought to myself you know what i'm gonna value some of these other guys a little bit more no no disrespect to hader but for it's, a relief pitcher to be number one in baseball that's kind of impossible so right yeah. so i'm glad we, we we agree philosophically i'm i'm happy that's the case but grandall already Hide them up in the catcher's uh, section yep. of the of the podcast. Uh, but for me, he's the best uh, catcher. So he's at 25, just barely cracking the, the list. 24, Shane Bieber. Um, I'm high on him. He's a top five pitcher for me. Uh, hope he stays injury-free going forwards. Wander Franco might be surprised to be this high. Yep. But I think at a 2.5 fan graphs war, I think a 3.5 uh, base reference war last season in playing 70 games. Uh, he is an MVP candidate just in waiting. He's going to yeah. be there in a year, if not at least in two years. I think next year he's going to kind of continue his pace. 
if he if Travis, if he continues his pace, he's going to be at five war at yeah. least six war. Oh, so, easily, easily. So, and he's going to be on a team that's contending for the division. So, yeah. playing shortstop, switch hitter, kind of good at everything. Like, there's just no weakness to his game. He has to be on my list. So he's he's 23, 22. I have Alex Bregman, who I'm kind of surprised, honestly, he made my top 25. But uh, yeah, a lot of projections really like him for next season. They have him at you know could be as good as a four and a half to five and a half war season for him. Uh, I think his kind of bat comes back. His weakness has been hard hit, but uh, doesn't hit the ball that hard. But he kind of plays to the advantages of of uh, I'm a minute made, right? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, the chop the Crawford box is perfect for him. Gets free doubles and home runs on the kind of the short left field. Uh, also elite at uh, making contact. He mm-hmm. actually is a really good contact hitter for also having a good amount of slugging and and some gap power to his game. Uh, and then Olsen, Travis, I have at 21. He was my, I think, my second best first baseman. For me, they're going to be just lower overall on this list just because for defense, even if you're a really good defender, you're probably not as valuable as like an average defender at shortstop, right? So uh, Olsen's bat was too good. Or are to, they? I think so. <laughs> I mean, for, for my money. Uh, and Matt Olsen, for me, was too good of a bat to leave off. So he makes that this kind of bottom part of the top 20. But um yeah that's that's my that's my guys yeah my two guys of course at the top of the of the of the uh of the uh first five you know arenado machado um both guys both you know both third basemen i think both guys were number they were definitely in the top three i think for my third baseman rankings or maybe honestly i'm sorry in the top four so um nolan arenado manny machado um i still think that they are you know elite defenders uh machado i think of course has still stayed on pace with his bat arenado kind of fell off last year still had i think it was a 6.1 war um he's still gonna provide provide great war so i think having that kind of uh war season and season out Nolan arenado will definitely still remain on my top 25 so um of course you went bieber i went bueller so you know both very young pitchers uh both guys are kind of trajecting i think in the same area to uh to finish the season so uh alex Let's kick it now to 20 to 16, and I'll go first. Um, number 20, I have Corey Seager. Uh, number 19, I have Rafael Devers. Number 18, a little bit higher on Matt Olson. Matt Olson is my 18. Number 17, NL MVP Bryce Harper. And number 16, I have is Corbin Burns. So that is my 20 through 16. Give me who you got. Hopefully, maybe we'll have some similarities now. Uh Kinda, yeah. <laughs> there, there's one similarity. Twenty. I also have Corey Seager. Okay, so we, right. we top twenty guy. We, yeah, we happen to agree on that number. Nineteen. I have Byron Buxton. Okay, uh, one of the hardest players to rank, probably in my mind. Eighteen. That I have that, Z- that is a. We'll go back to that one, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Eighteen is going to be Zach Wheeler. Seventeen, Carlos Correa, and sixteen, Kyle Tucker. So, um, differences there, but I imagine most of the guys I mentioned are probably near wow yeah i'm thinking you so, so go back to 19 again who'd you say byron buxton and you said then kyle tucker 16 yeah interesting all right interesting i mean one guy played a full season no one guy played a full season i i totally agree with that but give me give me buxton give me buxton's case i know i know a lot of people wait so you so you're so you're saying you think buxton should easily be above tucker well i'm not saying any of that i'm just saying they're they're in your top 25 that's 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 Okay. Oh, they're not in your top twenty-five at all. They're not. They're not oh, in my okay. top twenty-five at all. Yeah, yeah. From Bu- Buxton's reasoning, dude can't stay healthy. You're not yeah. going to be in my top twenty-five. Tucker, you're on the cusps of twenty-five, but 
you're still kind of still, I think, in the high 20s, maybe 30s right now. So I know trending and what he did last year, unbelievable. Uh, I would say kind of a breakout year. But um, so here's an interesting comparison, because in this group, you I think I think Tucker was your sixth right fielder. Yes. Okay. Okay. That means a lot of right fielders on my list. (laughs) You know, exactly. Me too. No, exactly. And and so uh, in this same category, this same grouping of five, I have Tucker and you have Devers. And mm-hmm. I'll say I don't have Devers on my top 25. Okay, yeah. So if you're comparing how good their seasons were last year, I guess I'm just saying that give me Tucker because I think that their bats are pretty similar. Tucker plays a really nice right field. The defensive numbers do like him a lot. He hits the ball hard. Uh, he also runs the bags very well. Um, if you had to pick Tucker or Devers in fantasy, Travis, going into the next season, if you pick Devers, I'm not going to knock you, but I think you have to acknowledge Tucker. It's, it's a pretty similar comparison. No, there. exactly. I, I, I think with fantasy, if you're not, if you're not, if I'm not looking at all at defense, I would still say Devers is a, is a, is a good lock. Sure. Tucker, of course, is going to be, uh, a very nice offensive bat. Now that of course, Correa is out. You now probably have a guy that moves up in the slot. Now he's hitting four or five probably for that, mm-hmm. um, Astros team or even, you know, up a little more, but um yeah i mean again we're, we're already we're already making surprises matto matteo i have a little bit higher uh but 21 on him versus 18 what was it 19 what'd you have him at 18 that's right yeah, yeah. so pretty similar yeah. like we kind yeah. of agree like uh a, a, a first baseman of his caliber deserves mm-hmm. to be on this list but not in the top you know 15 or anything yeah. like that yep and then who was the uh one pitcher you had zach wheeler yeah wheeler okay. so, so zach wheeler's from, in your uh yeah i think he was my fourth pitcher or fifth pitcher in baseball uh, with that in mind, yeah, next season I think he's gonna be, you know, okay, he's gonna be a top ten pitcher next year. So for me, yeah, I, I don't know, I, I think he projects well. Okay, I, I think he's a good spot for him. Okay, um, Buxton, I guess I make a brief case since you said you don't have him at all. Um, I just think that uh, I have him in, you know, if he can a, stay healthy, man. He'll be on this list without a problem. Yeah, right. And um, I think he was pretty healthy for the short season and the year before that he was still just kind of a guy not really getting that many games not that many pas so um, i mean mean, he's the biggest threat to mike trout right now for the number one center fielder and honestly you put it you put together a a crazy good season i mean he's going to be up there with you know mvp votes he's going to be up there with you know number one in baseball if he can just stay healthy and 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 if he plays the games even if the bat really slips a lot he is probably going to be the best defensive uh center fielder in baseball uh, one of the best base runners in all of baseball. Uh, so even if the bat is average, which it'll be better than average, I, I assume, but even if it is average, if you can stay on the field and be that kind of defensive player, be that kind of base runner, you're talking about someone who is going to be um, at least threatening this list without the bat. And if, it, if, it, if it is as, as, as elite as we know it can be, um, it's looking great for him. But um, Correa, someone else who I have, I I'm assume he'll be on your list, so we'll probably hold off on him. Um, probably good to keep moving up. Yeah, definitely. You start now 15 to 11. Okay. 15, uh, someone who you've already mentioned. I have him quite a bit higher. Manny Machado. Okay. So he's, he's the, uh, Matty O. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of switched them kind of in a way. Uh, 14, I have Bryce Harper. 13, I have Corbin Burns. 12, I have Garrett Cole. 11, I have Trey Turner. Okay. So now we're getting into my mind of like some of the elite guys, guys that are top two or three at their position. And now we're getting more into... I think more of like a steady, you know, ranking of these guys. More guys are gonna be are gonna be set on agreements. Our list. Yeah, yeah. So for me, Trey Turner number fifteen. Um, Fourteen, I have Max Scherzer. Thirteen, I have Carlos Correa. Twelve, I have Mookie Betts. 
and 11 is where I put Garrett Cole. So we have Garrett Cole in this same grouping, and I think we have we have Trey Turner in this same grouping. Mm-hmm. Um, so very similar is there. Carlos Correa, I think he was 16 or something like that for you, or 17? He was 17. Okay, yeah. so still, of course, we're four, four away from that. So still, of course, thinking alike. Um, you have not said Max Scherzer. I don't think you're going to say Max Scherzer. You're right. I'm not going to um, say Max Scherzer. You did not say Mookie Betts yet. That probably will be coming up later on your list. If he's not on your top 25, then we'll have a serious discussion. But uh, don't, don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so far, of course, kind of seeing eye to eye. Um, I, I guess I guess really the big thing is, you know, you know, Trey Turner over Correa. I think they kind of go hand in hand. They're both uh, exceptional what they do. Trey Turner, of course, is going to be a way bigger threat when he gets on base, stealing bases, um, making slides look effortless uh, from some of those, you know, videos we've seen on Twitter. Carlos Correa, of course, I think he'll provide more of the power bat, um, probably more of the stronger defense. His arm is probably one of the best uh, throwing arms from the shortstop position that, you know, we've seen in a while, just like Tatis Jr. Um, But Correa is a great defender. Um, Trey Turner, of course, a little bit, I think, better of a, I would say, base runner slash, you know, stealer. He's more of a threat for a pitcher if he gets on at first base. But yeah, so um, th- yeah. Uh, I just, I just, I want to just kind of double down. Like I had Turner above Correa also in my shortstop rankings. Yeah, yep. I, I think that, and I think I'd Correa two and Trey Turner three. So okay, yeah, so yeah. so we're kind of being consistent with our own like yeah. past past reasoning. I think they're going to be a really similar. Uh, Offense at the plate, I think defensively, Correa is the bump. Uh, and then base running, uh, Trey Turner is the bump uh, for sure. Um, I think that, you know, last season, Fangraph's war really favored Turner. Um, I think base reference war favored Correa. Uh, next season for war, uh, it, could go, it could go either way, really. I think they're both going to be shortstops. Uh, Trey Turner, Travis, I think could be one of the sneakiest uh, fantasy players, not, not not really sneaky because uh, everyone knows how good no, he I is. No, but yeah, but uh, thirty home runs, thirty stolen bases, uh, great average. You're gonna be banging towards the top of the Dodgers yep. order. You're gonna get RBIs. You're gonna get runs. A lot of runs. Yeah. You're gonna get average. You're gonna get power. You're gonna get speed. It's it's really everything. You, and he's gonna be playing shortstop, which is a position where you might not expect that much offense, but he's gonna provide it. So overall, really high on him uh, for many reasons. Burns, I also have in this grouping. You have him just one grouping below. So very. Very much in agreement on him being, you know, very, you know, top 15, top 20 kind of uh, player in baseball. Probably good to keep moving up, Travis. I'll go ahead and start (laughs) 10 going up. So 10 10 is where Mookie Betts comes. So 10, uh, you said he better be my top 10. He for sure has to be um, somewhere around here for for me. And a couple of years ago, you know, he was pushing number one. He was he was really, you know, edging Mike Trout. And it's funny to see not, not a drop off, but he's definitely. The younger kids, the younger guys have definitely stepped up. But go again, number 10, Mookie Betts. Yeah, 10 was Mookie Betts. And like you said, I think last season he was the consensus second best kind of guy. Um, but the young guys, like you said, have really emerged. So 10 is Betts. Nine, I'm going to Grom. I thought he'd okay. be a bit higher, but the injury stuff is going to keep him out of the guys who are putting production every single game. Okay. Uh, eight, I go Aaron Judge. Seven, I go Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Six. Kind of surprised, but I am going this high for Jose Ramirez. Okay. Give me your 10 through 6. Wow, okay. <laughs> some guys are actually really different, but some guys are very similar. Uh, number 10, I have Jose Ramirez. Um, I think he is definitely a top 10. I think when you go towards the inner circle, that's when it kind of goes. I think for me, it's meh. It, it's not too much. Aaron Judge is number 9 for me. He's kind of like Buxton. He's got to stay healthy. When he stays healthy, he is just, you know, one of the one of the best players in the game, the defense and everything. So he's number nine. 
Number eight, I have Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Number seven, Freddie Freeman, who I know you have not said yet. Uh, that's gonna be, he ain't coming. That's going to be a discussion. Coming. That's going to be a discussion. Freddie Freeman or Osmani Grandal? I don't know. So, uh, and number six, Alex Shohei Otani. Um, the craziest season last year um, for me. I think that he'll still be very good. It, I don't think he's going to have the same season. He might have a better pitching performance season and maybe not as good as hitting. Could be the opposite, maybe a better hitting and not as good as pitching. I think that him at being number six is a good spot for him. I'm also, of course, not forgetting. Um, I, I guess I don't, I don't want to hold this against him, but I'm not forgetting his failures of 2020. And, you know, those some, some of those, see, I think 2019, his average was like 191. He just had an awful hitting season. 2020, yeah, he did. It, okay, that's what it was. But um, I'm just not forgetting that. Shohei, of course, I think is an easy top 10. I think some people with having him rank so high, we'll probably talk about that in, in a second. But um, number six, I think, is a good spot for him. But um, we had Jose Ramirez. We had Aaron Judge pretty much in the top in the top, you know, bottom, bottom 10 of, of this list, Alex. But, um, I, yeah, I guess my big thing is, yeah, I, I, of course I didn't hear Freddie Freeman on your list. He did not make your top 25 no. at all. I mean, so I had Olsen at 21. I understand that. And yeah. I, and yeah. I ranked Olsen second best first baseman yeah. and, and yeah. Freddie was third. And Charles, it's a simple matter of, um, position, like in mm-hmm. terms of value, I think, like you mentioned, Yasmane Grandal. I think Yasmane Grandal is like barely a worse hitter in my mind. Obviously, you're going to disagree. I think in terms of the OPS+, plus, the WRC+, plus, just the offensive output, I think it's actually a comparison there. Uh, and then once playing catcher at a really good defensive level and once playing first base, which is going to be a lower defensive, uh, I guess, output. Uh, Travis, just, just for your own peace of mind, I'll go ahead and tell you, <laughs> I actually ranked through 30. It just it just to kind of have like an honorable mentions in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Freeman's thirty for me, so okay. he's he's not like because he's not in like the fifties. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, for me, Charles, I think there's other guys who are either doing similar offense at a harder position, or they're you know in my in my opinion, Matt, Matt Olson will just edge him out for me. So since Olson was twenty one, Freeman being below him should be no surprise uh, for for my rankings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Another difference, Jose Ramirez, six versus 10. Not that far off, but I'll just make the case for him being that high on my list because I was surprised he's that high as well. Uh, Travis, he is just in the MVP race every single season. Mm-hmm. He, If you look back, if you could like look at his uh, last like four seasons, just cut in halves, there's like one bad half he had in like 2019. And besides that, like 18, 19, 20, 21, he's like top five in MVP, except for there's like one bad half he, when he started yeah. off in, in, uh, in 2019. And but he plays for Cleveland. That, that, I think that's one big piece as well. So. It's going to really prevent him from being, you know, national media kind of guy. Um, he really does it all though. He's, I've said it multiple times on the pod, but his base stealing is probably some of the best in baseball when you compare it to how much, speed he has his speed i think his stealing is actually a skill where he gets great jumps gets great reads his sprint speed is not as high as a guy like trey turner but he can steal just as much as him because he's so good in the base paths he's very solid defensively um and the offense is very consistent every year he's playing lots of games every year not really missing time at all um i think next season he will continue being the best third baseman that's an important position so i i he's, he's really high on for that reason i guess um Guerrero Jr., we both have him around the same spot. Judge around the same spot. So oh, I'm sorry, where did you have Guerrero Jr.? Seven. Okay, okay. So Guerrero Jr. was seven. Aaron Judge was eight. So okay. 
very similar kind of hovering in that uh, bubble of. And Degrom was was uh, number nine. Nine, okay. yeah. So okay. I assume he'll be in your top five. Uh, we'll get to that in a I minute. I left him out. No, uh, we'll get to him in just a minute here. I assume, but we can probably keep going. Five yeah. going up. Yeah, and I think five is where it, this is definitely the fun part of making this list. You definitely get to see um, the young talent, the guys that have been here for a while. Um, number five for me, Alex. I have Juan Soto. Number four, I have Ronald Acuna Jr. Three, I have Jacob Degrom. Two, I have Fernando Tatis Jr. And of course, number one, I be kind of pissed if someone else has someone else but you know mike trout has to be number one for the bazillionth year in a row i mean i think since 20 i would probably say even even when miguel cabrera is winning the triple crown and you know having those great mvp years the best player was mike trout um what he's able to do you know defense running the bases hitting um miggy can only hit you know he really can't do much else so trout is number one again um Surprised I had DeGrom so high on this list. I definitely think that some some lists I would respect DeGrom being in the top 10. Like you, having, having him lower I think is a good way to look at it because I think you could say I de- definitely judge the guys that are going out there every single day and battling. I guess for DeGrom, I just thought, I know he didn't play a lot of, I know he didn't pitch a lot of innings last year, but the innings they did pitch were just, it was just ridiculousness. I mean, 100%. I mean, it, it was just uh, a freak of nature. Someone that can challenge a guy like Bob Gibson for the single season ERA title. I mean, we've seen how many guys do it and, you know, come up, you know, 50 to 75 points away. He was under it and he still had, of course, a second half to pitch, didn't do it. But, um, man, I mean, I, I, again, I'm, I'm so high on Soto Acuna Jr. And Tatis Jr. I think these three guys are just super, super special guys. Uh, give me, you got for your top five. I'm thinking we have the same one. Yeah. Very similar names. Of course, five going up. Five is Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay. Four, I have Fernando Tatis Jr. Wow, okay. Three, I have Shoei Otani. So higher than you have <laughs> okay, him. Okay, all right. But yeah. he's, he's in this mix. I forgot about him. That's right. Two, Juan Soto, mm-hmm. and one is Mike Trout. So um, like you mentioned, Trout, uh, Travis, one is Mike Trout uh, for both of us for obvious reasons. Um, been the best player in baseball for quite a while. Uh, just just to be clear, I guess, I did kind of hurt DeGrom for his injuriness and i didn't do the same for trout but i really think that if trout does what he normally does which is a freak little injury for miss a week here miss a week there he almost always around 140 games played kind of guy if he does that he's still the best player in baseball so that's why for me he has to be number one for Degrom, if he only pitched like 25 games if he had some snags he probably takes a bit of a dip in that war because you're missing a good several starts there but um Long story short on that is, uh, despite the injury, I still think Trout next year will be, continue to be the best player in baseball. But, Travis, I think it's safe to say, for me, this is a safe assumption to make. This is the first time, I think, uh, since Trout's been number one, where it's fair to project someone to be a better hitter next season. Mm-hmm. If you said next season, Soto will be a better hitter, I cannot really I w- make, I would I, probably I, I cannot make an argument. Yeah. So I, I think uh, his hitting is neck and neck with Mike Trout. I think the overall baseball player that Mike Trout, you know, provides to his team and to the MLB, I think that's that still puts him at number one. But when you look at just pure hitting, Soto is, I mean, he is right there with Mike Trout. I think that we haven't said that for a while now. But um and it kind of makes Mike Trout in a, in such a special way that we see Juan Soto hit and it's incredible. But Mike Trout still is up there as, you know, still one of the best hitters. And he also provides such insane other, you know, 
tools in the game and that, 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 you know, Soto still of course is getting better and he's rising, but I mean, it kind of just adds to Mike Trout's level too, that he can put up these freak hitting numbers. And of course play gold glove still has, still doesn't want a gold glove, but you know, still can play gold glove defense, insane base running, you know, insane throwing arm. I mean, it's, it's it, me. It's just kind of still, uh, he's a freak of nature. Yeah. Uh, we agree there. Um, I guess Acuna Jr., I have him down at five. I think he has the ability to be the best player in baseball as early as like at the end of next season mm-hmm. if he just went crazy. But um, it really comes down for him and Tatis. So him and Tatis the are kind juniors, of, yeah. they're kind of hard to, for me. I was really going back and forth between them for four and five. And how many games did uh, Tatis miss last year? He played 130 games, I wrote down here. Okay. okay. So. Um, and he had 42 homers or something like that. He's in that range, yeah. 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 I, I don't have the number in front of me, but uh, for, for me, just a lot. The last part for Tatis being number two, um, could have been, should have been 50 home run hitter at a shortstop position. Already a freak athlete. The speed, yes. the defense. I mean, no matter what, he can play outfield and shortstop. To me, he's a unique talent. I think that um, having him number two, number three, number four is definitely a good range for him. And Soto, of course, could be number two for as well because of the hitting. But I'll just put on Tatis. I mean, what could have been last season was it's crazy how many guys last season we look at DeGrom, we look at Tatis, we look at Shohei and Acuna. It's just Acuna too. all these just freak shows that that were doing such special things that some guys had injuries, some guys, you know, just didn't finish the way that we wanted them to. But I mean, last year could have been just a hallmark, just a year that you can go back and say. 2021 was a year that was just unlike any other year we've seen in, in MLB history. And I, I'd actually, I'd testify and say that's the, that's the truth. Cause I mean, what we saw last year was I think just insane. So yeah, well put and, and watching those young guys pop off um, was super special. That's why they're so high on our lists. But for me, Tatis, I think talent wise, he could have been number two, like how you have him. for me. I have him a bit lower and it's not because the injuries last season. It's because I think the injuries might continue. And, and I was gonna I, make a motorcycle joke, but yeah, I'm not yeah. even. Yeah, I mean that, that 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 to me, like I said, was a concern at the time. But I'm not talking about that. I just think in general he's a bit injury prone. It's kind yeah. of been a trend at this point where he just misses a game because his shoulder does whatever, or you know, just pops has these, out. Yeah, these minor mm-hmm. tweaks, and he has to go play the outfield for a couple of weeks. And um, it's it's definitely uh, it, it's something that will keep you from being the best. Yeah. Um, I think he can be the best. Uh. I think if everything goes perfectly for him, he should be the best mm-hmm. um, in baseball at some point in time. But as of right now, has more to prove uh, in terms of being consistently on the field, um, consistently playing defense at shortstop, you know. Uh, the sky is the limit for him, though, of course. Um, Sanford Acuna Jr. could easily be the best outfielder in baseball um, at this time next season. Um, but for me, Soto had to be the number two to Mike Trust number one. You were really quick to agree with me that this is, might be the first time where someone could be a better hitter than Trout next season. You said it was Soto. Mm-hmm. But you have Soto below some of these other guys. Is that just because of the... I think just the overall... The speed? Because I, uh, Soto is actually a really good fielder as of last season. Yeah, yeah. But um, playing right field instead of, you know, shortstop like Tatis. Um, I, give me your take on that order. He's rising. Guys. I just think the guys... And not talking about DeGrom. DeGrom's kind of in his, his own, you yes. know, area being three. But yes. I think that Acuna, Tatis, and Trout have just become a more these guys don't have a weakness. I mean, these guys really do not have a weakness with Soto. Yes. The defense has gotten better. Um, the, the probably, probably the defense of throwing has gotten better as well. The speed's kind of rising as well, but I think that I just always have seen t- or Juan Soto as just being an insane freak hitter that still needs to work on some things to be a all time MLB player. 
I think Acuna and Tatis and Trout have mastered so far um, all those skill sets that that we've seen so far. And of course, I mean, Acuna and Soto are kind of are going to be kind of the new rivals. I feel like, you know, playing in the NL East being now, of course, the same position at right field um, if, if Acuna doesn't go back to center. So uh, it'll be fun to watch both those guys, um, how young they are, how special they are. And then Tatis, of course, um, he, he is injury prone. I mean, we've seen, you know, I think we saw a video a couple of days ago or a week ago of him like he was putting his head out the window of a car and he was going down some some dirt path like 90 miles an hour. And it's like it's like, dude, I mean, if, if, if the Padres front office sees that stuff more, you know, happening more and more often, I'm sure there's areas in your contract that they can somehow, you know, not say they go to a court case and say, hey, we want to avoid this contract. But no, I mean, but yeah, but you get hurt. I guarantee your contract ain't paying you if you get hurt on the side doing stupid little dumb things like that. Like, you know, I, I've seen, I remember back in the day when they had, you know, I think it was Java Chamberlain got like blew out his knee or shoulder with his, with his kid on the trampoline. And that's kind of just and, like and freak accidents will happen. Of course they do, they do. But Tatis, we both agree. We'd love to see. He's um, so special. He shouldn't be, you know, he, we'd ha- love to have see- fun, but yeah. yeah, 150 games, please. Watch your body, man. I yeah. know. Because, <laughs> I mean, when, when you have a talent like this, I know the fans definitely are looking at this guy could be the greatest shortstop of all time right now, and he's so young. Yes. Well, I mean, literally could be 600 home runs without a doubt. I, I, there's a case to say he's got the best power in baseball, I think. And oh, he's yeah. playing shortstop, yeah. and he's like 20-whatever, 23 I mean, or something. I mean, like- the speed with the power is probably – most guys don't have it right now. I mean, Acuna Jr. is probably up there as well as Trout, but um, and of course Otani. But uh, yeah, I, I, very similar. Of course, I know the top fives are going to be very similar, Alex. But um, I mean, it was, it was a good list. I think it was uh, it was good to kind of rattle off the guys that we thought were uh, deserving of the top twenty-five. It's kind of a uh, it's definitely kind of a, a special fraternity. I feel like with every single year, with most of these guys, um, seeing how they drop off, seeing how they, uh, you know climb on the rankings one thing i'll point out alex is that we saw two guys that were in the top 10 i think he even pointed out last season cody bellinger christian yelich they were announced of course a couple days ago they are now sitting at 99 and 100 and they are literally on the cusp of being you know falling off the edge and honestly if i had to bet they they will they will fall off the edge i think this season um it just kind of it really makes you think what what happened to you two you know I mean, what we saw in 19 with Cody Bellinger was, I mean, Barry Bonds with with speed <laughs> and a great fielding outfielder. So it was almost like this guy is a better performer right now than Mike Trout, even though Mike Trout's so special. But Bellinger definitely that, has that, an insane That first arm month and, was one of the best first months we've ever yeah, seen. exactly. And then Yelich, I mean, Yelich literally was the greatest. He literally was Soto with great speed. And, yeah. and and still a good defense and so um what we saw from that too it was just it was just kind of uh it's a head scratch right now to see what what are these two guys doing i mean how are they going to improve i think yelich has a better case than bellinger um yelich, bellinger bellinger right now i just i don't know what what y- he's going to do yelich had a better 2021 even though both were definitely head scratcher years for both bellinger the thing is he's like 25 or 26 it's crazy like he the- still has a huge contract awaiting and i mean i mean he's going to probably get a I could see him getting a Buxton type deal, seven years, a hundred million, where a team will say, "We'll pay you for seven years, but we're not going to give you three hundred million dollars." I mean, we well, can't like that Buxton deal. I think there's all these MVP contingencies if he yeah. gets MVP mm-hmm. votes. Same thing for Bellinger, because instead of it being the injury risk of Buxton, it's like 
the consistency risk from from Bellinger. So I do think Bellinger can kind of get back. We'll, we'll, to give, being you, a, we'll, we'll give you uh, ten years, fifty million, and uh, if you win an MVP, then you'll get a, a twenty five million dollar boost. Or just double your salary or something, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah uh, I think that. I, I thought Bellinger could return to form this coming season, but he's also had a really rough spring 14 training. Fourteen strikeouts in nineteen at bats. Yeah, yeah play appearances. Yeah, I, I think that honestly, his starting spot is in jeopardy. But the thing is, like his defense. The, yeah. There's the the defense. There's the base running. And there's also the fact that who's going to take the spot. And yeah. I, I saw a funny tweet, and someone said Kevin Pillar will be the opening yeah, day, the opening yeah. day center fielder, which I heavily doubt. But um, honestly, at this point, we'll see who ends up being better at the beginning of the season between Bellinger and his backup options. I, but I kind of look at it now as that that Freddie Freeman pick is is such a huge pick because if you don't get Freeman and you don't have Bellinger and he's just off in some other world. And maybe Muncie is still injured. Like I mean, it, it could I, have I been mean, question marks. You're looking at, you know, who's playing second, who's playing first to start the season. I know Muncie will go back, but who's playing first and second? Who's playing center? Are you having Kevin Pillar with, with Pollock and Betts? The outfield now kind of looks like Meh, you know it, it's 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 an it's an okay outfield and, and now. You lost Scherzer and and uh, and uh, Corey Seager, of and, course. So. And we don't know with 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 Trevor Bauer. It, yeah. I mean, it's definitely I think no it, comment it, at this point. Yeah, <laughs> the the Dodgers then kind of look at a, a a lineup and a team of okay, you know the Padres could easily overtake them. The Giants could still finish strong uh, with another year, and you know. We don't know what's going to happen, but I think that Freddie Freeman, of course, gives him a lot of stability. Muncie can play second base. Muncie can DH. Now they have a lot more spots. So in a way, you'd think that Bellinger would be able to come back and be somewhat of old form because the pressure is just it's nowhere near him Absolutely. Right now. So, be our eighth hitter, play great defense, and just try to work on the swing when you're exactly. up there. Um, lots of swing and miss issues for sure, but... Uh, hoping, we don't, we, hoping we don't he need 2019 to- Bellinger. We need, you know, 2018 was was a fall off from 2017 because he had a great rookie year. But 2018 Bellinger is like 18 and 20. Both those years, he were there was quote unquote down years, but he was above average OPS plus. He's still he was. above average hitter, playing really good defense, lots of speed, great arm. So overall, uh, Bellinger, I, I want him to be good. I he this yeah. I mean, the, he, the, the sky is the, is so the limit is so high that I want him to really realize his potential. But um. That pretty much wraps everything up. Just, I guess my last little tidbit I'll put on Shohei Otani. Um, we're pretty similar on him, like yeah. three and six. But um, it's like his offense, like what could happen offensively for him? Even if it's like an – let's just say he's not offensively 2021, but maybe he's 20, like 18, like his rookie yeah. rookie of the year yeah. season or something like that. Um, you were talking about someone who's going to be a top five DH and a top – 20 25 pitcher like there's no way for me he can't be like you had him six but i'll say top five top six like if you there's no way you could not have him this high just based on like if he does if he does slightly above average hitting dh and starting pitching you're gonna be like the values off the charts you're adding yeah. you're adding two wars together yeah, from two yeah. impactful pieces so he's like for me a minimum if he's healthy doing both at an average level the minimum war is gonna be like four or five Mm -hmm. and this guy's limit for him as well um i really do think that he i don't think a repeat mvp is gonna happen but i do think uh the value the you know the accolades the show a hype is still gonna be there this season as well i think he's gonna you know i don't think the pressure is an issue for him 
I don't think the hype is an issue for him at all. I think he's built for this kind of stuff. Um, hopefully, Trout and Rendon can add some more protection so he can help his other numbers, like the runs, the RBIs, can only get better. Then if- 50 home runs is is looking a lot more realis- realistic because how many times they were walking him in, in September, in August, um, he really built up his walks, but also you know the home runs were able to go down because of all the walks. And so now, if he can have the same offensive year as 2021, um, you know, you're looking at almost you're looking at 50 home runs. One thing about Otani that's so special is that he I've seen so many times where he literally might I think it was even today against the Rockies he he almost seemed like he hit the ball at the end of the bat and it went oppo and it went out of the ballpark and it's just kind of like okay literally he literally probably didn't even mean to hit it over there but it still went out of the ballpark. The bat speed, the yeah. power is so insane. The one thing I still I think Otani will settle in and be a I don't want to say a little bit worse and I, I, I don't, I don't know how to put it, but the one thing I do, I, I still look at is, I, I mean, I, I know he had some starts last year where, I mean, even like in New York when he just couldn't find the strike zone. And so that's still in the back of my head as can he still be a reliable starting pitcher where, you know, he, he adds that value, you know, every single time he comes out there. But I mean, I think if you take away that start, his ERA was like at three. So, and that's true too. He definitely had some masterful starts that were, that were, I think know. every pitcher is due for a stinker at yeah. certain points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with what you're saying in terms of prior years in 2020, he had a couple of meltdowns where he just walked a bunch of guys left games with injuries and stuff like that. So um, if that's behind him, I think if you and I both agree, if that's behind him completely, like for sure, He's a top five every year yeah, for the next yeah, five years yeah, at least. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see if he can keep up that kind of hot streak um, that he showed in 2021. Um, Travis, that pretty much wraps up our top 25. Uh, we really cranked that out. Uh, I'm it was happy, fun to make. Yeah. I'm happy we got to share our thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for a new a new annual tradition, I guess, for for uh, you know these MLB rankings. Uh, I I assume by next episode the MLB Network will have finished their rankings. We'll see who they have one, two, and three. Maybe we'll see if they agree with you on Freeman or if they agree with me on Freeman. I have have a good feeling they'll they'll agree with me. I think they'll agree with you, but I think, you know, we both know that I have some, you know, I have some some of my own thoughts. They definitely have some sketchy uh, top tens, I would say. I think they have the fan vote, which is just always just crap. We we, we can agree. And then they have the shredder that comes out with their top 10. The shredder is supposed to be kind of like it looks at analytics, but also looks at some other things as well. Um, it's been a little inconsistent. I will say some guys are a little bit too high or a little bit too low, I think, in my opinion. But um, overall, it does. Uh, it's I think it's very on par to what we talk about every single week with with these top 10 positions. But like I said, the top 25 will be really interesting to see who they got. I know some of the analysts are I'm not going to say annoying, but they just I feel like they just kind of they hype up certain guys and it's like dude like what are you talking about yeah leave it alone like yeah. you know, i mean i mean some guys might might put arenado in like the top 10 i think he's a good he's a great third baseman but i think he deserves to be higher than 20 but i know some people will definitely be i think last year he was like at 14 or 13 or something like that but didn't make um, my 25 didn't make your 25 but neither did freddie freeman but he will definitely be making the top 25 i think he'll oh, be i have no top. doubt i think he'll be i think he was number one with the shredder for first baseman, I I definitely think Freddie Freeman will be. I wonder if he'll be top ten. I don't I don't know, but I could see him. I could see him giving him an, uh, a little bit of a advantage of being in the top ten. I mean, but. do you think he's a better hitter than like who? Um, I think he's a better hitter than um, like Judge or. 
I think he's a similar hitter to Betts. He could be a bit better. But I don't know. I, I, I think Freddie Freeman is just a a just a consistently. He I agree. provides the power. He provides the average. He's a good all around hitter in my opinion. I think he has one of the greatest strokes in the game, and so I think he'll be. Um, it could be the next guy possibly up for a real contention at three thousand hits. I, I think it could be. What's, what's he at? Do you have I, I think I, I had it. I had it a couple. I think I call it a couple days ago, but I think it was like oh, about 16, 15. I think okay. it was like 15. He's out 30 something right now. So, you know, who knows? 1500 hits with the Dodgers. It could happen. It might be getting more at bats. Um, and How old is he? 32. Okay. So, you know, we'll have to see what kind of happens with that and, and see if, you know, the, the, still the prime years, the next couple of years are still in effect for him to get, I, you know, 150 hits every single year. He, so he's a player who I think, will do well with age. Yeah. I think that his stroke is not reliant on I think he's like almost like a Wade Boggs. Crazy you know? strength. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think with age he may lose a bit of the max pop, but like still on average will be able to have good gap power, twenty five home runs for the foreseeable future at Easily, minimum. Yeah. Easily. And have a you know solid enough average going forwards. Um but yeah I I, I I am not going to drag it out too long. I just think there's other guys in my mind who are similar hitters like a Betts or a Trey Turner, but they're playing more important positions or they're playing really good defense. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, long story short, uh, that's our lists. I'm pretty happy with how that turned out. Um, some disagreements. All that matters number one. So, yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited to see, you know, this season, Travis, we're not going to have crazy bragging rights, but like, oh, like, you know, maybe Freeman is an MVP next season. You can yeah. tell me I'm, I'm stupid. I will say, I will say confidently, I don't think Freeman would would or will ever win an MVP in 162 game season. He's just to me, in my opinion, he's not that type of guy. He's consistent over. He's peak. not that guy, pal. Okay, <laughs> trust one. me. Yeah. I like the reference, but uh, I mean that makes sense. In in, in, in but the, I will say Vladimir Guerrero Jr. He will win some MVPs, and he was lower in my opinion on first base. There are some guys that I think he he might not be better on my list, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will win. I think, and we'll talk about it next week. But he could be one of my guys that He's, I think he'll be he'll be a favorite. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, I am now officially super looking forward to next week's episode, Travis. Um, this weekend, folks, me and Travis are making a sneaky, sneaky run to make some bets in Las Vegas, right? Final Four, uh, NBA. You know, lots going on. Yeah. But uh, definitely looking forward to placing bets on our MLB futures, MVP stuff, probably some World Series playoff odds, records. We will come back to you guys next week giving you the recap fully on what madness went down in in uh in uh you know the sports book uh world but uh excited to share that with you guys next week also we'll be ranking best teams in the in each division who's gonna make the playoffs who is all fake hype which you know sleepers guys that you know teams that we see can really sleepers uh, and uh and uh yeah, overhyped team is pretty much overrated. overrated. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna have you know tons to talk about. It'll be the official opening day preview next week and the drop of season two, two tools podcast. Yeah, we're trying to revamp, guys. We're gonna you know get ex- it's, if you're still listening to this, it's probably been a couple hours, but uh, you know you're getting a preview. We're gonna really be upping things going in the next season. Hopefully, new logos, new intros, just gonna make it you know bigger and better than the last season. If you guys have made it this far, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we're going to keep putting in work uh, to make this you know, this thing as good as it can be. So uh, looking forward to talking to you guys next week. Presented by Tool Tools Podcast. <laughs>